93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Monday, January 10th. I'll be handing the news duties, and we start with a sad story. You may have heard it already, of course, very central to our area, actor and comedian, Bob Saget was found dead at a hotel room in Orlando, Florida on Sunday, according to the Orange County Sheriff's Office. It was a blow to everyone. The famed television personality was born in Philadelphia in 1956, graduated from Temple University after attending Abington Senior High School. Of course, most well-known for his role as beloved father Danny Tanner on the ABC sitcom Full House and its Netflix sequel, Fuller House. And he also hosted America's Funniest Home Videos from 1987 to 1997. Just terrible news. And I, I, uh, I'm still processing. I can't believe it. Um, it's, it, you know, it's shrouded in mystery at this point, too. Uh, nothing looks, uh, you know... Nothing uh, looks, you know, uh, like weird. Like it's a foul play, but deputies arrived at a hotel just after 4 p.m. A tweet from the Orange County Sheriff's Office read earlier today, deputies were called to the Ritz-Carlton Orlando Grand Lakes for a call about an unresponsive man in a hotel room. The man was identified as Robert Saget and pronounced deceased on scene. Detectives found no signs of foul play or drug use in this case. Uh, Saget, who just began his I Don't Do Negative tour, had been traveling across the country. He was scheduled to make a stop at the Keswick Theater on this tour as well. On Saturday night, he did a show at the Point uh, Vedra Concert Hall in Jacksonville, Florida. And early Sunday morning, he tweeted, Loved tonight's show. Appreciative audience. Thanks again to Tim Wilkins for opening. I had no idea that I did a two-hour set, and I'm happily addicted to this crap. Again, to this crap. So Saget was a 1978 alumnus of what is now the Lou Klein College of Media and Communication at Temple. The university released a statement saying, Temple University is saddened to learn of the passing of Bob Saget, a deeply loyal alumnus and member of the university community, a legendary comic and star of hit shows such as Full House and America's Funniest Home Videos. Saget will always be remembered as one of Temple's all-time funniest owls. His work touched the lives of many and brought smiles to families across the globe. While Saget will be deeply missed, his legacy and overall impact on the entertainment industry will continue to be felt for years to come. Saget is survived by his wife, Kelly Rizzo, and three children, and a cause of death has not been announced. He was only 65 years old. I know we're going to talk about it some more, but uh, when you talk about people who we label friends of the show, uh, I felt he was a sincere friend and a good guy and a charitable guy, and our last conversation with him was so good. It predated the Norm MacDonald death. And uh, I had tweeted out just a little while ago that, that, you know, I'd been listening to the playback of that interview during our vacation. And uh, he he liked the tweet. He's he was, you know, and in a really good place. And that's why this is extra, extra tragic. Yep. Uh, Like you said, we'll discuss it uh, a little bit more in a while. Some other news to cover and tragic story as well. At least 19 people are dead, including nine children following a massive fire in New York City on Sunday. This on the heels of that terrible fire in Philadelphia. Yeah. About 200 firefighters were battling the five-alarm blaze at the 19-story high-rise in the Bronx, uh, Burroughs, Tremont neighborhood. FDNY Commissioner Daniel Negro said a malfunctioning electric space heater caused the fire. Smoke alarms in the building were operable. At least 63 people were injured with 32 sustaining life-threatening injuries 
and 13 clinging to their lives in nearby hospitals, according to the New York City Fire Department. Uh, Mayor Eric Adams already said the tragedy is going to be one of the worst fires that we've witnessed here in modern times in the city of New York. For context, a total of 73 people died in New York City fires in all of 2021. Right, right. So this is 19 in one shot. Officials said that the fire appears to have originated in a duplex apartment on the building's third floor. Many of the injuries were found on the upper floors, and officials believe smoke inhalation may be to blame. Firefighters arrived on the scene within three minutes of the initial 911 call and were met with fire in the hallways. A door that was left open allowed the fire and smoke to spread, and the fire ended up engulfing two floors of the building, but smoke... Uh, trailed through all 19 floors. It's got a, kind of a standard thing around this time of year to remind people of the hazards of space heaters. Mm-hmm. And and this is a case that perf- is a perfect example of what can go wrong. Well, we have uh, we have a couple that we use in our house all the time. There's just yeah. a couple of rooms that are in areas where the insulation doesn't quite do its job. Yes. And so yeah. I have to use that. Sure, yeah. And uh, it got me thinking about that, obviously, when I saw the story this morning. You can use them safely. Uh, sometimes... People don't, but we don't know what happened in this exact case, but it was it was where it started. That's what they're saying. Dramatic pictures posted to social media show fire gushing out of multiple windows in the building. Residents described the events that unfolded as traumatizing as they escaped from the building during the fire. Additional details, including conditions of the other victims, were not immediately available. And this was the second major fire in the Bronx over the weekend. A four-alarm fire in the Fordham Heights section of the Bronx that began early Saturday morning injured a firefighter and displaced three families. And a lithium-ion battery had sparked that fire. Last week, of course, a fire that broke out on the second story of a row house in Philadelphia killed 13 people, including seven children. One final story. Some Center City Philadelphia businesses are dealing with an unexpected setback as Restaurant Week kicks off. Utility and road work has forced streeteries along 13th Street to come down. Businesses used streeteries to pivot during the pandemic, but the city warned operators that uh, utility work was always possible. In a letter sent to restaurateurs a month ago, the initial deadline called for the streeteries to be removed by January 10th. But after pressure from some owners, the deadline was extended to January 20th. Uh, the Midtown Village Merchants Association board president said that it does not appear that the city is making it easy for operators to rebuild the structures. Rebuilding some of these elaborate structures may not be an option due to uh, cost and city code. Construction work is expected to be completed by the summer, and a Zoom meeting between the city and restaurant owners is scheduled for Monday, where both sides are expected to hash out more details. Aren't you uh, amazed by some of the elaborate things that they've put together yeah. just to sort of pivot for everything that's been going on? I mean, it's amazing what they've managed to do. Well, okay. and Michael Scholston is one of the restaurateurs right there. He has Sampan and Double Knot, and he was kind of in the forefront, along with Stephen Starr, of building these massive, pretty much outdoor Areas, it's like an at a pricey area. cost. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know exactly, but I've heard like up towards of like fifty hundred thousand wow. dollars spent on these things. Wow. With full heat. Yeah. Air mm-hmm. purifiers. And it's got to be up to code. Yeah. 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 Yep. yep. All right. Sports this morning. <laughs> The 
Eagles, who lost to Dallas Cowboys on Saturday night, will be on the road this weekend. They will face Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers in Tampa in the first round of the NFL playoffs. Wow. Kickoff on Sunday will be at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Sixers have won six straight games and are on the road tonight with a game in Houston against the Rockets. The Sixers have improved to 22-16 and 16 and are in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. Tip-off will be at eight. And finally, the Flyers, who have lost five in a row, including an overtime loss to the San Jose Sharks on Saturday night, are off until tomorrow night when they will host the Carolina Hurricanes. And that is what I have in news for you this morning. Uh, we have, like I said, a new week before us, so that means a new Word of the Week prize. I haven't had a chance to take a look at this. Let's see what we get. Ah, we're going to get, Steve, you're going to love this. A Book of Boba Fett super prize pack. Uh-oh. Including not just the Boba Fett stuff, but a 65-inch LED smart TV, a one-year subscription to Disney+, Plus, yeah. a... A Boba Fett Starship diecast vehicle, ah. Boba Fett talking action figure, and a Boba Fett voice changing mask. Man, they put that together nicely. This is from Lucas Films and Disney Plus, which is a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, that's a that's a big nerdy package, right? There. I want the voice changer. Yeah, yeah, the, the helmet. Yeah, with give the me the voice that. changer. You kidding me? That'd be awesome. So, we will give that away on Friday. But you will need the letter of the day for the word of the week today in order to qualify for that. So make sure that you stick with us till the end of the program. That's when we will get it out to you. Uh, other than that, we have some things to do. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. The entertainment report and we had uh we had a few celebrity deaths over yes. the weekend unfortunately so we will cover those as well as some stuff in one of the more positive light so stay with us we'll be back in just a moment if you like what you hear you can see it too check out preston and steve's daily rush on xfinity on demand Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. This Valentine's Day, avoid that look of disappointment. You know the look. A week after Valentine's Day when she throws the flowers you just bought into the trash? Try this. Get her a real long stem rose dipped in 24 karat pure gold. The only rose that's guaranteed to last forever is just $59. Our famous 24 karat gold dip roses arrive in our signature gold gift box. Order now and get free shipping at IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So, stupid question this morning. We are going to give away a four-pack of tickets, Fandango tickets, or four-pack of tickets from Fandango to see Scream. David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and so on in theaters on Friday. Yes. I guess they're bringing that back around. Yes. So, the question that I have for you comes courtesy of listener Matthew Hagerty. Uh, so, he can't win. No. He sent me the question. Because he knows the answer. So, here it is. In the movie, The Wedding Singer, Robbie lets Rosie pay him for singing lessons in what? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. It's a good question. Let's see if you know the answer to this. In the movie, The Wedding Singer, Robbie lets Rosie pay him for singing lessons in what? 215-263-WMMR. I'll mention some birthdays while we wait for your answer Monday, January 10th. Today... Uh, we will start with George Foreman. Oh, my heavy, God. Heavyweight boxer and Olympic champion, by the way. That's right. People uh, forget that. But more so than anything. The grill. The grill. How many grills have you had of the George Foreman grills? Have you had any? I didn't own any George. Well, no, you know what? I think I probably did have one George Foreman yeah. grill along the way. We went through three. 
They're so oh, yeah. they were so easy. They were v- really convenient to use, especially if you were like an apartment dweller like myself at Absolutely. the time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it made a fortune. He didn't create it. No, hadn't. they no. came to him and said, "We need a spokesperson." Who did they pass on? Was it uh, uh, the Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was the original person that's going to be, and he just simply was not home. The call went right then to George Foreman, nope. multi-million dollar empire. Yeah. Uh, I used to love when he'd do the infomercials, trying to indicate that in some way he had some sway over. The construction of this thing, and even he didn't quite know how to work it. And I believe, and, and I'm not sure if my timeline in my mind is correct or not, Steve. But the reason that he was um, uh, that he was even a consideration was he had done that comeback fight. Yes, against who was he fighting? Remember, I he forget. Came, he came back. I don't know if it was Holyfield or was that George Cooney. One, you remember that? And then uh, Holyfield. Uh, okay, Tommy Gunn Morrison, he fought him as well. But I mean, I remember Holyfield was that was legit. Like yeah, he I, came I, back I, and he he won. Did uh, he not? Well, no, he went he went the distance. He went I, the did, distance. I know that, and and right. he he stood up in between rounds. He yeah. did not sit down. And so you know the fact that he was fifty years old, I think at the time was huge news. And it was right about this time that this was coming out, I believe. And so they got him, and <laughs> boom, and uh, he went on to make way more money than he ever did boxing. Far more. Yeah. So he's uh, seventy three years old today, and a God was he tough back in his day. He admits, man, oh man, he was. He would become unhinged he was in the scary. ring, and and he he said he would have been afraid of himself back then, but. Oh. And now he's this benevolent, yeah, lovable guy. He's a guy. teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actor Jermaine Clement. Oh yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's great in uh, Dinner for Schmucks. Uh, <laughs> what we do in the shadows. He's great. Yeah. Uh, he was in Men in Black Three, I believe. He plays the the big evil Flight of the Concords, Nemesis, yeah. or Flight of the Concords. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, he is forty eight. Love that guy. Uh, it's also the great Rod Stewart's birthday today. <laughs> Rod Stewart's 77, and he was recently, uh, he, he ended up getting in trouble, legal trouble, because he and his son, like, punched a security guard. They were trying to get into a party, I guess. On they, New Year's Eve. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there was a little bit of an altercation. Yeah, I think it was two years ago. And you finally, when you used to go brawling with your dad, yeah, right? No, oh, the good yeah. old days. Trying to get into clubs and stuff. Uh, so, uh, Rod Stewart. I love Rod Stewart. I, I, every now and then I get on a Rod Stewart kick. I mean, uh, the faces I've been listening to, some of that stuff. It's great. Yeah. Uh, he celebrates his 77th birthday to another, uh, today. Another uh, great singer, Pat Benatar. Yes. Oh, uh, she turns 69 years old today. Pat Benatar is great. Yep. She really is. And her yep. husband's very talented. Absolutely. Uh, and if you go back and, and listen to her vocals and as strongly as she sings and the way that it was in in the guise of or in the in the vein of, of rock music she was groundbreaking at the time it's without fu- question it's funny i was <laughs> watching an interview with her talking about her own kids who could care less about her place in in rock <laughs> and she kind of loves that she's the best she's 69 today another musician the great donald fagan oh. steely dan fame uh, turned 74 years old. Always in a constant rotation, my top three of all time, Steely Dan. Yep. Uh, just a huge body of great work, really uh, distinct uh, distinct voice. I mean, I remember times listening to various Steely Dan albums that just, and I may not even have understood any of the lyrics, but they spoke to me, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so he turns 74 years old today, so musically, great yeah. birthday day. Uh, also, a name you may not know, but you certainly know the group. So Ronnie Hawkins is 87 years old. He's a rock and roll pioneer. His backing musicians, the guys that he used regularly, right. eventually became the band. 
So, and of course, the band were also worked with Bob Dylan and a, a bunch of greats. Everybody. And then they became their, they were just known as, they were used by other musicians so often that they just call them, you know, you hire the band. The band. Guys, the the band. band. Yeah. And then they t- decided to take that name, the band, because of that. I have a great memory that includes not only Steely Dan, but the band. Uh, and I went and saw Steely Dan. This has got to be 97, 98, somewhere around the, at the, uh, in Camden. So we're tailgating for the for Steely Dan, and I'm playing this song from the band. And next thing you know, like, there's like 20 people that I don't even know so, are yeah. hanging out this outside is a of my song. car yeah. singing this song. Yeah, it was great. There's a great documentary that came out about two years ago about the whole hit. It's basically the Eagles documentary treatment for yeah. the band. Nice. And it is amazing. Uh, well, Ronnie Hawkins is kind of where they got their start yeah, together with yeah. him, and he turns 87 years old today. And the last birthday I saw actress Janet Jones, uh, Mrs. Uh, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. yeah. She was uh, in uh, The Flamingo Kid was the first time I saw her. Me too. She yeah. was this uh, stunningly beautiful woman in there. Oh, uh, what's that? Was it American Anthem that she was in? It was, she was she a, might have been. She was a gymnast. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. And she was also in a chorus line. She had a smaller role in that. But yeah, the the flamingo kid. She was like, who is that? She was in the guy. poster. They 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 were smart. Yep. She turns uh, 61 years old today, and and she and and Wayne cranked out a really hot daughter too. Of course. Yeah. Which, well, yeah. Yep. Uh, so happy birthday, everybody! Celebrating a birthday today on this day. We'll see if we can get an answer to the stupid question in the movie The Wedding Singer. Robbie let Rosie. Pay him for singing lessons in what? And we will go to Todd for the answer. Hey, Todd, good morning. Hey, good morning. All right, Todd, what did uh, Rosie pay Robbie in for uh, lessons, please? Meatballs. Meatballs. Meatballs! Yeah. Hang on, Todd. Since you got that right, we got some goods for you, my friend. Meatballs. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't hear that one more time. Meatballs. There you go. Uh, we're going to give him a four-pack of Fandango tickets to see Scream with David Arquette. And have Camel, Courtney Cox, and Roger L. Jackson. That is in theaters on Friday, by the way. All right, so we're going to cover the box office of the weekend. Spider-Man No Way Home still bringing it home at $33 million for number one, followed by Sing 2, which made $11.95 million. Then you have the 355, The King's Man, American Underdog, Matrix Resurrections, West Side Story was seventh, and you have Ghostbusters Afterlife, Licorice Pizza, and wrapping up the top ten was House of Gucci. Do you remember about a year and a half ago when the number one movie for about nine months running was The Croods 2? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. It's like nothing was being released. Yeah. So uh, we covered this in the news report just a little while ago, but sad, sad news. Yesterday it was reported actor and comedian Bob Saget found dead at a hotel room in Orlando, Florida on Sunday, according to the Orange County Sheriff's Office. We were all uh, texting each other uh, because we were just blown away by that news out of absolutely nowhere. And clearly, um, nothing expected either. He had had a gig the night before and tweeted out how much fun he had and uh, how thankful he was and just ready to, to keep going. So... It, obviously, there was nothing that yeah. he saw coming as well, I which you, is terrible. You said last night, I, I agree, this one stings a yeah. lot. This one is definitely profound for us. I remember when Norm MacDonald died, I felt this complete out-of-the-blue thing. There was no report of any illness in Bob for Bob Saget. There was yeah. no foul signs of foul play or drug use or anything. Yep. So we don't know how it happened, but it happened and far too freaking young. 
And he's a native son of Philadelphia. Yes. Born here in 1956, graduated from Temple University, attended Abington Senior High School, and uh, he was, you know, always loved coming back here. Loved being in Philadelphia. And also one of his big moments was here on WMMR. He got his stand-up career started through a contest on MMR. And he would recount that story when he... he last time we had him, we had on, on a, a Zoom uh, hookup, which was great. And that interview I really enjoyed. It was a lot of fun. We, during that interview, we're talking about uh, perhaps him going back and working with Norm MacDonald again. That's before Norm MacDonald passed, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I remember, Casey, after Norm MacDonald died, you, we, we tried to we, reach out to And see. it was too soon. He was too soon, yeah. He was like, yeah. I'm, you know, because he was uh, just floored by it. Got yeah. It. Yeah. Well, now we, you know, this exact same way we feel about about um, him and, and how generous and wonderful and you know, you, you talk about authentic people. Bob Saget was authentic. Oh, my God. He, he was loved, the sweetest guy. He loved recounting that WMMR story. Yep. Every single te- time he was on, he just wanted to make sure that the audience knew that his career started here on the radio station. Some of his closest friends have reached out on social media. John Stamos wrote, I am broken. I am gutted. I am in complete and utter shock. And I will never, ever have another friend like him. I love you so much, Bobby. They were really, really close. That makes me like start to tear because you know there were there were times during John Stamos's career and life where it was clear he was turning to Bob Saget for advice, yep. and Bob Saget hung in there through thick and thin. Uh, and the common theme of of these these tweets are just what a sweet guy he was. Yes, we know. Norman Lear wrote, "Bob Saget was a lovely, as lovely a human as he was funny." And to my mind, he was hilarious. We were close friends, and I could not have loved him more. Mark Maron wrote, "Oh no, R.I.P. Bob Saget. Truly one of the nicest guys, and so funny." Very sad. John Stewart wrote, Bob Saget, just the funniest and nicest. Gilbert Gottfried wrote, still in shock. I spoke with Bob a few days ago. We stayed on the phone as usual, making each other laugh. R.I.P. to friend, comedian, and fellow aristocrat, Bob Saget. So, uh, you know, years ago when Full House came on and I was just becoming familiar with Bob Saget, I was like, I'm not a big fan of the show, A. And B, as like I was dismissive. Then I saw him do stand-up, and I'm like, holy hell, mm-hmm. yeah. this guy is hilarious. And, um, you know, we talked about it a number of times when we interviewed him about how there was that dichotomy between Danny Tanner yeah. and what he was on stage. But the guy was legitimately hilarious. Yeah, and I was, you know, different because I, Full House was in my wheelhouse. Right, I right. Watched all, I probably watched every single episode of that show, as well as... Uh, you know, America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah, and yeah. I and I dug the little, hey, what are you doing there? You know, like the, right. the voiceover <laughs> stuff that he would uh, do. And then, and then as I got older, I saw his stand-up and I could appreciate, well, you with, know, that type of humor. With the Aristocrats, which was a, 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 a yeah. Penn Gillette movie that yeah. he put together, uh, it's this classic joke that is supposed to be, if told right, the filthiest joke you could tell. And in that movie of hardcore comedians, no one tells a more profane version of that joke than Bob Saget. I didn't know he was dirty until Half Baked. And then I saw that joke and uh, <laughs> yeah. SD for Coke. And, and I just was like, wait, that's Bob Saget from Full House on that joke? <laughs> and it, it it just knocked me on my ass. I saw him at the uh, at the Keswick two or three years ago. And um, we'd had him on the show uh, not um, too long before that, uh, maybe even to promote that show. And he had... I don't know, 50, 100 friends from Abington there. And it just, it was so cool to see him interact with people that he's known his whole life. You know, he he really was sweet and kind and 
Also hilarious. Kat Dennings uh, had written, oh, God, Bob Saget, the loveliest man. I was his TV daughter for one season, and he was always so kind and protective and so sorry for his family. Kathy Griffin wrote, you shouldn't, you couldn't find a nicer or sharper wit than Bob Saget, shocked and devastated. And Richard Lewis wrote, R.I.P., buddy, life can turn to crap in one moment. My heart aches for his whole family and often uh, a ruthless business. He was historically not just hilarious, but more importantly, one of the kindest human beings that I've ever met in my career. Everyone says that. Yes. He was. Uh, he had directed a number of movies. He directed Norm um, uh, McDonald and, uh, you know, talented writer, very generous with his charitable donations. Mm-hmm. His own sister had, uh, you know, passed from scleroderma and he had spent his life um, doing charity work for that. But, I mean, we, we, he, he loved Philadelphia and he loved... The vibe here, and yeah. you could you could see him light up whenever yeah. he was when he came out to the camp out for hunger that time. Preston, that wasn't that just amazing oh to have him out there. The first time we had him out, yeah, yeah. I was just like, "Wow, this is really happening." The dude came out, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've I have a few other things to get to. So, and I know we have audio, but maybe we can play that a little bit. Play later a little on. bit later, so, yeah. So we'll get to that. But uh, terribly, terribly sad news. Uh, he's survived by his uh, wife, Kelly, and uh, three children. who's only 65 years old. Now, uh, as tragic, um, but um, not as sudden, obviously, Oscar winner uh, Sidney Poitier died at 94. This happened on Friday. We covered a little bit late in the show. Yes. We got word of it. Uh, he died in his home in Los Angeles. Uh, his great friend, Harry Belafonte, released a statement which said, For over 80 years, Sidney and I laughed, cried, and made as much mischief as we could he was truly my brother and partner in trying to make this world a little better, and he certainly made mine a whole lot better. Portier, known for being Hollywood's first black movie star and uplifting the black community in his movie roles, was honored on social media by many, including Morgan Freeman and Oprah Winfrey. Morgan uh, tweeted, Sydney was my inspiration, my guiding light, my friend, sending love to Joanna and his family. And Oprah also wrote, for me, the greatest of the great trees has fallen. Sydney Portier. My honor to have loved him as a mentor, friend, brother, confidant, wisdom teacher, the utmost highest regard and praise for his most magnificent, gracious, eloquent life. I treasured him. I adored him. He and an, he had an enormous soul I will forever cherish. Blessings to Joanna and his world of beautiful daughters. I was watching footage of her receive. He When she was uh, retiring and they were doing that sort of uh, ongoing tribute to her before she had her final broadcast... Sidney Poitier came out, uh, you know, on her show and read a poem, and she was just, you know, blown away and starstruck. So she's been working on a documentary about Sidney Poitier for about a year and a half. Um, so I assume that'll get completed soon. You think so, yeah. Uh, he won the Oscar in 1963 for Lilies of the Field, uh, starred in uh, a host of films, including The Heat of the Night, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and his most famous to Sir With Love in 1967. Think about this. So, uh, like, 1967, To Sir With Love, and I think in The Heat of the Night, and, and, and uh, a couple others. He had three movies. He was listed as the favorite, at the, you know, when you're talking about the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. he had... He was the Hollywood star. Mm-hmm. People said they would go see a movie if he was in it, not even caring what, what the subject matter was. That was huge. Yep. And so over the weekend, I watched To Sir With Love and In the Heat of the Night with Rod Steiger. He plays a Philadelphia detective in the South. Mm-hmm. He had a subtlety and a grace and a command and a presence I don't think you're ever going to see again in an actor. Amazing. What, what a great life. 94 yeah. years old. 
few other stories to get into. Uh, on Saturday, Alec Baldwin posted a video to Instagram regarding the investigation of the death of cinematographer Atlanta Hutchins. While sitting in his car, Baldwin said, any suggestion that I am not complying with requests or orders or demands or search warrants about my phone, that's bull S. That's a lie. Baldwin continued saying that authorities from another state have to go through his state in order to request his phone. He said they have to specify what exactly they want. They can't just go through your phone and take, you know, your photos, your love letters, your wife or what have you. And he's playing words with friends. He's halfway through a game. He doesn't want to lose it. Come on, you can't stop that. <laughs> uh, he continued saying, but of course, we are 1,000% going to comply with all of that. We are perfectly fine with that. The best way, the only way we can honor the death of Lena is to find out the truth, and that's what I'm working toward insisting on and demanding. What I found was odd is that he, at the end of the whole conversation, said, yeah, I shot her on purpose. And I'm like, wow. Whoa. No, no, I'm kidding. But the, 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 everyone uses this angle, and we're looking at the video right here. You know, I guess they put you put the phone on the dashboard, right? Oh, the video, yeah, angle. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, guess I guess that's so, yeah. it's like you uh, should stop posting. Yeah, you know, I think he's, so. He's off of Twitter, uh, but I guess he's, he's addicted to social media. I don't yeah. know why he keeps posting on Instagram. You can't imagine the lawyers are saying yeah, keep doing this, right? Let it go, man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of lawyers, do the mass singer. They've gotten involved with uh, David Keckner, his estranged wife, Lee Keckner, does not want him to be around their children after he was arrested on a DUI charge on New Year's Eve. Lee asked the Los Angeles Superior Court Friday to suspend the Anchorman actor's visitation with their children and requested, quote, safeguards to be put in place to ensure Keckner's sobriety. Uh. The safeguards including submitting to drug testing and using a sober link device to monitor his alcohol consumption. In response to his wife's request, David said that uh, he wishes to continue to split custody with Lee noting that none of their five children were in the car at the time of his DUI, and he's currently seeking professional help for his sobriety. So they're split? Yes. That's the deal? Okay. Yep. The right. actor also provided a screenshot of a text message that uh, he said showed Lee had asked him to drive their 15-year-old son, Sergeant, to the airport since his arrest has taken place. Uh, he and Lee were married in 1998, and he filed for divorce uh, last January, so he was the one who filed. Something tells me that's not a uh, an amicable... Situation. Yeah, it sounds like it. David was arrested and suspected, uh, unsuspected DUI and hit and run last Friday uh, in California after he allegedly hit a street sign with his car and he was released uh, the next day. After dating Audra Mari for two years, Transformers star Josh Duhamel declared that decided that it was uh, time to pop the question, and he announced the news on Saturday on Instagram. I love you. Uh, along with a photo me? of the happy couple smiling. Jamal wrote, it's on. She found a message in a bottle that washed ashore and said yes. And apparently this message in a bottle was a handwritten letter that read, Audra, Diane, Mary, will you marry, or Marie, or however you say her last name, Mari, will you marry me? Uh, Jamal's ex, Fergie, congratulated the pair, writing congrats. I heard she peed her pants. She peed her pants. She was so emotional. (laughs) And then she saw the post. Um, uh, He's great. I like him. Uh, let's see. By the way, January 8th marked, uh, Mari's 28th birthday as well. So, and how old is he? Uh, that's a good question. He's not 28. Or no, he's he, almost 50. Yeah, so he's, uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. He okay. Went, he went lower. <laughs> he definitely did. He was super nice. He's been by here twice, I think. Or just uh, definitely one. one. Yeah. yeah. He's he like a regular dude. You yeah. peed next to him, right, Nick? I did, yeah. You peed was, on him. He I, asked you no, to. No, he was into that. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing a, uh, North Dakota State hat. <laughs> Uh-huh. And uh, because that's where he's from. And then I, I took it off because it didn't fit my giant head so well. And I put my Phil's hat back on because it fit better. And he's like, 
You took that North Dakota State hat off, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, actor Tom Payne, who plays uh, Jesus on Walking Dead, oh, yeah. uh, said that he and his wife, Jennifer Ackerman, have announced the birth of their baby boy. They did this on Saturday. Any news on the continuation of Prodigal Son, which was canceled? He was. I think it's completely gone, uh, which is so. too bad. I did enjoy that show. It's one that Rochelle and I watched, for so, sure. About his son and everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Payne wrote on Instagram, I can't believe you're here. We love you immeasurably and we'll always be there for you. The next Big Life Adventure starts here. Thank you so much to everyone at Cedar sinai our amazing Dula Carmen. Dula! And all of our friends and family and support um, for the support, not uh, forgetting my incredible wife who rocked the whole pregnancy and birth. I love you. I love, I love you. you. <laughs> uh, I, uh, is he still on the showcase? No, they... Um, uh, he left. <laughs> he had to go. No, he's dead. He's yeah. dead. Uh, Jesus has got to go. He, uh, it happened like a season and a half ago. Jesus has got to go. <laughs> He's a good guy. He's got some some crazy like eyes. He like, does. Yeah, yeah like, they're like piercing blue right, eyes. Yeah, yeah. He's one of those things. See right through you. Uh, a week after Trevor Noah shared the first picture of actress Minka Kelly to his Instagram, Kelly shared a photo of Noah to her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> E! News reports that both photos were taken while the pair were on a trip to South Africa, uh, which is, of course, Noah's home country. Kelly wrote of the photo, which features Noah and Kelly among friends, take a trip to South Africa. With Minka Kelly. Find friends like these. Have the holiday of a lifetime. Thank you, Mzanzi. Referring to the nickname for South Africa. Okay, I guess so. It's spelled M-Z-A-N-S-I, so I'm not sure how you pronounce that. But Trevor and Kelly have not commented on the status of their relationship as of Well, it's been a couple of years now at this point, hasn't it? It's been a little while, yeah. yeah. Uh, Two more quick things. Uh, Amy Schneider continued to break Jeopardy records with her 28th victory on Friday night, becoming the first woman in the show's history to win more than a million dollars in cumulative prize money. I, I was watching at the moment it happened. I'm saying, you please, please bet more. Please get over that million. <laughs> and she did. Uh, Schneider, an engineering manager from Ozar, Oakland, uh, Cali- uh, California, is one of only four people to have ever broken the $1 million mark on the quiz show in regular season play. Only three other contestants, that's Ken Jennings, James Holzhauer, and Matt Am- Amadio, uh, have won more games and more money in the regular season. When asked by Jennings how it felt to be uh, a Jeopardy millionaire, she simply responded, pretty good. Uh, Schneider's winnings stand at one million nineteen thousand six hundred after taking home 42200 on Friday night. Uh, she's not yet close to third place. Uh, Modio, when it uh, comes to winnings, he finished uh, his streak with... Uh, $1,518,000. It's a chunk of change. But she could overtake Holzhauer's 32 wins in the coming days. Uh, Schneider also broke records last year when she became the first transgender contestant to qualify for the Tournament of Champions. So that continues tonight, obviously. Do you guys watch on Friday? I, I know, Steve, you said you watched it yes. on Friday night, but I, I, uh, Press and Nick, I know that you guys are regular viewers. Yeah. Do you watch on Fridays? I did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. But, like, are, are you oh, a normal normally. Yes. Friday watcher? Well, I guess it depends if I'm going out to the disco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, on this past Friday I did. Uh, you know what? I I don't watch religiously. I watch from time to time. So oh, yeah. I, Fridays are like, I, I don't know. It, yeah, it just probably depends not. what's going on. All right, so the Golden Globe winners were announced. This is the way to do it. And I'm going to zip right through these real quick. And if we want to break them down later on, we can do that. All but right. uh, best motion, motion picture drama went to The Power of the Dog. You saw it. You said it was 
It was powerful. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely uh, uh, one of these that kind of messes with your head a bit, but it's a slow-moving movie. It's about a weightlifting it. dog. Yeah, it's it? about yeah, a weight. Yeah, yeah. The power of that <laughs> oh, dog. Oh, I didn't even Look get to that, that thing. Strong. Did you see the, clean and jerk. Did you just see incredible. that dog's deadlift? You didn't get to that part, Case? Oh. Oh, it's right in the middle. I, oh, that's, yeah. where, that's where it turns. <laughs> I didn't even see any dogs. I was like... The dog's off strong. But it's it's it's... It's intense in its uh, offbeatness, I guess, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yes. It, and there is a twist. Uh, yes. That, uh, threw the me. powerlifting dog. Right. Yeah, well, I, that one that you I'm saw that coming. It turns how... out it was a fox, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> we just did a drug test. It's a fox. What? What were you going to say? I just don't know how it gets its hand. It doesn't That's have part of the mystery. That's part okay. of the power well, of the That's the power of the dog. Anyhow, that's only my first prize. Here we go. Let's move on to other ones. Uh, best motion picture, musical, or comedy went to West Side Story. Best director, uh, direction, director, <laughs> motion picture uh, went to Jane uh, Campion for Power of the Dog. Ah. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos. I, I spoke to somebody who saw it, and they loved it, said she was amazing. I saw it. When she is Lucille Ball away from the show, excellent. Yeah. Um, as Lucille Ball on the show, because it, you're seeing them working on this particular episode of the Lucy, I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, not so much. But when, yeah, the movie, I think, really shines when they're away from the, the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, so she won the Golden Globe. Uh, best performance by an actress in uh, motion picture, musical, or comedy went to Rachel Zegler for West Side Story. Best performance and actress in supporting role went to uh, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Uh, and the best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama, Will Smith for King Richard. That's wow. pretty wild. Oh, that was a good movie. Uh, best performance by an actor in a motion picture musical or comedy, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. That's uh, a good one, he's too. He's really good. Uh, best right, performance good choices. actor in a supporting role went to Cody Smith-McPhee. For the power of the dog. Nick, I'm assuming he plays the kid, right? He's the son, yeah. Wow. How come the dog was nominated? (laughs) They don't do that. They overlook that. And it's not cool. Yeah, dog still has to learn learn the lines. Uh, Motion picture animated went to Encanto. You you saw that, right? Yeah, my daughter loved it. Absolutely loved it. The... the animation is incredible. It's it's great. I just had a hard time following a little bit of the story. But nonetheless, it won best for animated. Uh, best television. We'll do a couple of TV sure. uh, categories, but not all of them. There's so many of them. Uh, best TV series drama, Succession. Mm. Uh, best a series, television series, musical or comedy, Hacks. Love it. that one, yeah. Love it. And in fact, Gene Smart won for uh, actress in a uh, TV series, musical or comedy. And I'm going to mention this, Kate Winslet, Mayor of Easttown. Hey! And that's for a limited series. Yeah. Uh, so she won that. I and, hope they do a second one. And once again, Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. Hey! Best hey. performance in a television series, musical, or comedy. So. I've been telling my brother and sister-in-law to watch um, Ted Lasso for like ever and ever yeah. now. They finally just started watching it. I saw them over the weekend. Was the reaction good? Or they, they were like, uh, they, well, it's the How same. How many episodes they've watched? They, it's the same uh, reaction I get from everybody. I just finished the first season. When did you start watching? Yesterday. <laughs> you know, like, right, it's right, the, yeah. I get the same reaction from everybody. So we assume yeah. they liked it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in the first episode, you think, oh, it's Major League. Right. It's, yeah. it's the movie Major. It's a, Yeah. Nope, it's not. It's, it's not. It's nope. amazing is what it is. And you have to just give it three episodes and you're hooked, man. That's all there is to it. All right. Uh, we're going to do clips. Woo! Do the clips. 
So the hard work for Cordell Walker after returning home from being undercover for two years continues in season two of Walker. Walker! In this clip, actor Jared Padalecki talks about being the lead and executive producer for the show. Here we go. It's an honor. You know, it's it's a big responsibility, but I'm having so much fun doing it. You know, I've, I've been acting for a long time now, professionally, and so that's something I, I don't want to say I've become used to, but I've become accustomed to. Um, but as far as being an EP on this, executive producer, that's been a very new, very exciting journey of seeing a show from its conception to its completion. Walker told me I had eight. I would have been disappointed if he would have played anything, anything but that clip. Thank you. Season two of Walker returns this Thursday on The CW. Here's the next clip. The Trouble Life of 17-year-old Rue, a drug addict fresh from rehab with no plans to stay clean, continues in season two of Euphoria. Ooh. In this clip, Dominic Fike talks about why he chose to join the show. It was crazy reading the, uh, the script for the first time and hearing, I mean, seeing the words and, like, resonating so deeply. I don't know. Uh, I didn't expect it, but I was talking about this earlier. I'm really glad that it happened because I'm not sure if I could have stepped into just, like, anyone's role or anyone's shoes or just played something entirely different from who I am. Walker told me I had AIDS. <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping for that, too. <laughs> Season 2 of Euphoria is available on, H- <laughs> on HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> not the doctors. No. Nope. Let me just t- you're Walker. telling me yep. that a, a Texas state trooper told you that that's where you get your medical advice from? <laughs> Some people, man. You know, he's, he's a smart man. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's the entertainment report. Uh, we're going to take a break. we got a uh, beautiful sunrise happening on a uh, fairly chilly day, but you ain't seen nothing yet because it's going to be really, really cold tomorrow, my friend. We'll return in just a sec. Hang with us today. All right. Steve Show Podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, Steve forwarded this uh, story over to me uh, a few days ago, and it was about a uh, TikToker who was um, posting about uh, tipping culture. Yes. As in tipping uh, servers and so on. And uh, it was a user called Justice Russell. Uh, who apparently stopped by to pick up some, you know, burgers and fries or something like that. And at the drive-thru, uh, she said that um, the the gal at the check said, I was at the checkout window, and then the gal asked, so how much would you like to tip? And she said she wasn't expecting to tip at a fast food restaurant while in line, and she didn't expect to be asked if she was going to tip either. That's a little presumptuous, I think, uh, to... to- overtly ask and she said oh no not today and uh then i got really upset like uh like a country girl she says what am i going what am i going to tip you i'm driving i'm in a drive-thru uh so she said she always tips 20 percent, even if the service is bad for services at restaurants and sit downs and nail salons and stuff like that but driving uh she said was already crossing the line she said i drove myself to avoid a delivery driver um, and so anyhow, she was saying that, you know, tipping culture as a, it goes a little bit overboard in so, on some occasions. Some people are resolute about that. I have kind of a amorphous idea of tipping and I, 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 I like you're an over tipper. T- I am an over tipper and I freely admit it. And I freely admit that I'm, I'm probably a sucker a lot, but I, it's, it's my thing. It's what I do. Uh, if, if there has been some preparation, like, like if I go through the drive through at Dunkin' Donuts, and they're preparing the coffee and doing that sort of stuff. I give them a little tip. I, I do that. If you're 
if you're standing in, if you go up to the counter, like, and they just simply reach around and grab something and, and put it in a bag, I'm, I'm probably not as inclined. But, of course, if they probably had a tip, ah, I'm a sucker. <laughs> Let me just admit it. Mm. I'm a sucker. I'll tip in, in just about any situation. But do you guys have any parameters that you won't tip in? Will you tip at a drive-thru if, you're, no. if some preparation no. has been involved? Yeah. No. I don't think that's outlandish to not. Uh, when when I will tip, okay, so um, I don't know why, but but at ice cream joints, I'll, I'll tip. Because so you love ice cream. <laughs> like a Brewster's or a Dairy Queen or something like that, and they have a little tip jar thing out. Yeah. It's usually, a, you know, a kid who's 14 years old, right? and I'll throw them a bone there but not at um no not your standard fast food restaurants no it's, it's uh, not even huh. fast casual like if it's a, a panera yeah. or something like that I, I, i'm just if there's a server to... i will do it because a server to me is uh, that's obviously that's how they earn their living is, is via tips right so and they're they're working to bring the food to you if you're at a at a panera they're not really doing it that well, you know, their, their pay scale is not graded to that, right? Exactly. They're, yeah. they're being paid, um, yeah. So to McDonald's, uh, so I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I would at a Panera, if there was a tip thing there, I would put, um, you know, I'd put two to $300. No, I'd, I'd put a little bit, you know, a, a percentage in it. But I'm trying to think if I'm at like a, a McDonald's and they simply get the food and there's no tip jar, mm. um, I don't think I would... You know, hey, take this for doing that. But it's probably kind of dumb, my reasoning. At, at McDonald's, they have that Ronald McDonald House uh, thing where you can I'll make do that in, yeah. right. all the yeah. time. Yeah. Right. yeah, you know what? So McDonald's, you don't see tip jars. I do. Do they allow them? I, probably not. Probably not, right? No. Um, the uh, Rita's Water Ice, they have tip jars. And so that's kind of like no right. different. So here's something that I found interesting on the when you have a a keypad in front of you. Let's say you're going to a Panera or whatever. Right, maybe, right. Okay. And so an option comes up, and it'll say tip. And it'll say you know ten percent, five percent, you know whatever, fifteen, twenty percent, right. or no tip. You now have to actively no tip. Before, you could just kind of passively not leave a tip. Yep. Now there's an action you have to uh, actually uh-huh. participate in and go, you're hitting the big button that says, <laughs> no, I don't tip. I'm not going to tip. And therein, a little smidge of guilt comes in yeah. with that well, active pushing of the no tip button. That's a smart move. I yeah. know, Casey. So here's, and this is, this is, you know, and and I'm a, I'm a, a I think a decent tipper wherever I go and wherever tips are, are normally accepted. Um, but when you, as an employer, are taking, you know. Y- your responsibility of paying your employees and putting that into the hands of the people who are paying you money, like, that's kind of, that sucks. Can I ask you why waiting tables, they they require on tipping culture? Why why that ever started in the first place? Mm. Why not pay them what they're worth as opposed to... That's a good question. Like, living wage. That's that's a big controversy that's out now. I, don't, I never is... really have thought about it much. Yeah. Well, you know, so because, well, they, they pay you... Like two dollars an hour when I was a, uh, excuse me, a server. I think I made like two two thirty an hour, something like that. So I didn't make that much. But so yeah, I needed I needed all the patrons there to help me, you know, pay my bills and stuff. And and that's just the way it was. Yeah, why I know, but, that but way? I don't know. just the way it was. I'm like, I'm like, why is it that way? In some cultures, it's not. It, you're right. So, so, in, so some, in Europe, yeah, it in would Europe. it'd be almost considered an affront if you put down um, extra money at, at a, at a well, because they're already getting paid. They right. got they they get paid as you know as opposed to here. It's like we'll pay you. 
we'll, we'll pay you less than you're worth because you're going to get it from the the patrons. Why is it put on the? I, I don't. I know. can tell you, my I wife. I don't know where the the ideology came from. That uh, my wife came would, was a uh, a waitress at a uh, place that was a uh, beloved. West restaurant, uh, Long Island. It was the place where all the holiday family eating would yeah. happen, Thanksgiving, and all that stuff. They never wanted a set, you know, wage, right? Because they made more with the tips, a lot more with the tips, because the people were there. They were generous tippers, and so they were never they were never pushing for a flat wage, right? That would be, you know, a um. Uh, Whatever a minimum would be, they they did like having the ability to earn more, but they were at a place where they could earn more. I don't know. No, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, as a server, like, because I, you know, if I serve on a, on a Friday or Saturday right. night, it's like, all right, yeah, I'm going to walk out of here with a, you know, a couple of hundred bucks cash and, and immediately take that to the bar. I like that. I like that a lot. As a patron, what I what I don't understand is, um, do, are are the Menu prices lower as a result, and that's what I keep hearing is that like, okay, well, we as as uh, restaurant owners, you know, we oh, we can't we more. can't pay these guys, you know, minimum wage or or higher, and keep the the prices low. And to me, some I I, I say uh, I call cap on that. It's man. such an outdated culture. So this actually dates back to the turn of the century. I just found this page, this uh, article on it. So in like the 1900s, restaurants go back to uh, tipping. A lot of a lot of companies were doing this. A lot of businesses, I should say. Restaurants fought back when other businesses were stopping and they said, if we have to pay our employees a full wage, then we would have to raise the prices. Okay. So we as Americans are paying for food that is at a lower cost because we're used to tipping. So if restaurants, yes, exactly. If, I went, I went out how... to a restaurant this weekend. It wasn't freaking well, low. Yeah, yeah. So for, so for a fifty dollars steak or whatever, like yeah. you, you go into some of these higher yeah. end restaurants, uh-huh. are are the menu items really that much more expensive? But the restaurants now, are, we're not in that predicament anymore. Where what we are in is uh, incentivizing the the wait staff with. Aid vacations and other things because they can't get people in the door so to work. Steve, a friend of mine, has a restaurant and she can't get employees to stay and nobody has any loyalty. They'll stay and then they'll just go get another job somewhere else, right. whatever it is. And she said they all want to get paid more, but then she would have to raise the menu items and then people would complain about them. Customers would complain and about that's that. true. It's a terrible, yeah. terrible cycle. Yeah, uh, but I mean, the tipping culture has been around for way longer yes. than the issues yeah. we've had in the past couple of years. So, I mean, it's just... It's morphing, know. though, now. Now, because again, you would never, you would never say, "Hey, come to Wendy's, <laughs> right. signing yeah. bonus well, uh-huh. and paid vacation." I, but also, like when you, uh, you know, listen, there are a lot of jobs out there that are commission based. I'm not yeah. talking about server jobs, right? And that's essentially what this is. It's like it's almost like a commission based job. And you talk about incentive, Steve. Your incentive as a server is a better tip, but. When you are accepting or expecting twenty percent, regardless of how good of a server you are, right? You know that's, that's yeah, and I've seen that too. I've seen where yeah, somebody's uh, you know, listen, I'll, I'll pay for service. Mm-hmm. If it's bad service, you're getting a bad tip. If you have good Bottom service line. and someone's made your evening, we talked about this before. Yeah. You've gone out for an like a steak dinner or something, and that that server really enhanced your experience. I'm sure you're going to be generous with that person. You know, uh, my mistake is that, I mean, uh, I still sort of, because I know, I know. I, I know, I always figure maybe this person just had a bad night this night and I'm not going to do that. It's probably stupid and I freely admit that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's it's a weird thing. 
because the dynamic is not, it's not that much different from the drive-through to you know to to uh, to if you're in there at the counter. But yet, I would feel less inclined to tip at the counter than there's I would only, at the drive-through. There's only one fast food restaurant that I can think of that actually has a tip jar out at the counter. I'm not going to say the name of it. But I, and I never. I never see them. No. Yeah. But I never put money in it. You know? It's like the Steve Buscemi uh, line in, yep. in Reservoir Dogs. It's like, no, you know, I don't, that's, I've never, I, I never, you know, tipped the fast food restaurant. Well, so let me places. ask, have you guys ever tipped somebody in New Jersey who pumped your gas? Uh, mm, I think, I think no. when I first moved here, because I'm like, am I supposed to tip them? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember handing a tip to the guy and he's like, uh, okay, yeah, sure. I did the same thing when I was, like, 18, 19 and, like, you know, not a 16-year-old kid with my parents. I had to ask people. I was like, do I tip the person right. in New Jersey yeah. when, you know, you're yeah. supposed to drive over there and get cheaper you, gas? You want you, you want to be, you know, kind of, the, you want to follow the protocol, basically. Right. Right. And you don't want to be insulting. But I, I remember as a real eye-opener, one of the first few times initially over in Europe, like, oh, no, no, don't. I remember putting down a tip and, and having it. Almost looked at like, what is this? Right. You you think yeah. I need your? You know. You think you're better than me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I when it, when I see that no tip thing uh, on the on the screen when you're sitting there filling out, I'm like, oh, man, man, they got me. Yeah, you got me. Like a jerk. Yeah. When you have to totally. opt out of something, are you sure? Uh-huh. Are you so, sure? What percentage you guys tip for uh, for takeout? Like just like at a nice restaurant, do you go fifteen twenty percent every time for takeout? Yeah. No. Don't tip anything. You don't? I usually, uh, I'll, I'll, I, I, I do. It's probably just a flat. Like I'll just do five bucks. Okay, I'll do like no matter ten. what the when, no matter how much I get a takeout. It's like or maybe five. like two bucks or something there's like a, that, or just like a, a little. So there's a nice uh, sushi restaurant that we go to a lot, and haven't been going to as much since the pandemic began. But we'll still do takeout from them, and when we do takeout from them, that option comes up, Preston, and I feel like uh, ten to fifteen percent is warranted. So the the tip uh, for me is that uh, your server is tending to you while well, you are having exactly. your meal. I agree, um, uh, but with this, it's like they are preparing it, and so uh, and and like uh, the person working the cashier, cash register, they're putting it all together, and I, I believe some of the tip goes to the um, so. They they the took chef, everything the and su- they put it in a bag. The sushi chefs, well, they prepare it. It's like it's a nice preparation uh, for takeout. It's 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 a step above uh, McDonald's takeout and a step below sit down at a restaurant. I just remember when I worked in the kitchen, if there were to, and this was a long time ago, but if there was a to-go meal, I put that together as the chef. I uh-huh. put that together right. and put it in a bag and I set it on a counter and the person, all they did was pick it up and take it to the bar. That was so it. Routinely, right. did, did they, yeah, did they, did they pool tips when you were in that situation? Oh, I would imagine. No. Did you, as a chef, ever receive oh, a, a no, percentage? No, not a dime. So you got boned completely. As a dishwasher or or chef? No. Did only, you ever write toast in your ass? Only the busing staff and the uh, and the servers. Okay. Ah. and well, bar bar was a separate entity yeah, yeah, where okay. I worked, but yeah. Man. I didn't know that. Yeah, for takeout, but I don't do it for <laughs> I don't do it for every takeout restaurant. I don't know what my rhyme or reason is either. But for, I, that, for this is, place, I do. It is kind of a gut thing, and I I will tip. You know, if it's if it's especially with an order, I tend to order if I'm going to order. Yeah, I order enough to s- store away a little bit. Like oh, it's yeah. never, you know, like I'm if I'm going to do it and spend it. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that I have enough for you know a couple of. Nights. <laughs> right. So I basically get a steamer trunk full of food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a shed delivered to my house earlier last year, and I was like, "Do you tip the, <laughs> you tip the shed shed shed? delivery guy?" <laughs> right? yeah. So I call. Well, I'm on the phone with the lady. 
I go, hey, I'm like, can I ask you something? I'm like, are am I supposed to pinker brown? Pinker brown. Real quick, real quick, because I saw you. What did you say? Um, I said, do you tip these guys? And she said, well, you know, that's that's up to you. It's you. Up to huh. your I'm like, okay, you're not helping. Me. You're not helping. <laughs> because not only I have a follow up question in. That is, how much do you tip these guys? Well, I get confused at some of that stuff too. Like uh, one time, I had a guy come in, literally doing working on our uh, on our dishwasher, and we got he got done. He, he did the the minor repair, whatever. And I went to give him like five bucks or something, and he and he laughed at me. Not yeah. <laughs> look at you, yeah. like oh, dude, no, you don't you don't tip a guy like me. You know, is essentially was it. So it's like, all right, well, oh. who do I and who would I not? Yeah. And I'm not. I don't want to go through the whole story no. of that right now. We've done that many times on this show, yeah. Especially around the holidays, who you tip. But he was just like, like, no, dude. I'm. This is what I do. I come in here and I fix this stuff, and I don't get tips. So, dude. The what? but uh, if they're dropping something off, yeah. You, it turns out I, you got to tip that. Right? I always float them a couple bucks, but that again, I say I'm an overtipper. I I know that, but I yeah, I know, and it's kind of weird. You just get it on, on a visceral level. I was at the uh, deli counter in Acme on Saturday. The guy helping me was so awesome and so conversive. I'm like, uh, I would tip you. So you know, okay. it's like when I I called out. The, I said, "Can I talk to your manager?" And I complimented the man. That's what you right. do. Yeah. That's what, I, and I've done that yeah. before. I have called right. the, the the company or whoever it is. I'm like, this person is exceptional. They're great. You should get them to train other people. Right. Yeah. Because this is and and that can go even way further than a tip. Now man. I just consulted you. Yes. I expect some money. <laughs> I please some compensation. Yeah, I have a radio for my personality. <laughs> you might know me. Yeah. I got uh, when I did that trip free ham through the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Uh, I did a trip through the Grand Canyon. We were on a boat, and we had, you know, river guides and everything. Yeah. And about halfway through the trip, uh, somebody was discussing how, you know, we have to tip the uh, the, the river guides. Yeah. The guy who's leading you down the okay. river. Okay, Steve, where's the ATM in the Grand Canyon, right? Like, there's no cell service. there. Where I'm stuck in the middle of the wilderness. The only reason, there's no reason for you to have cash on this trip. Right. And the only reason I did is because I kept hearing about this thing called Phantom Ranch, and I thought maybe halfway through this thing there was going to be some sort of market or whatever. So, right. because, dude, Steve, it's not a $20 tip. It's a $300 tip that these uh, people No doubt. Yes. Yeah. For how many days? Eight days. So it's 20% of whatever the trip costs. You want to talk about big tips, and we could we could do phone calls on this easily. So uh, I do not belong to a country club. I have friends who belong to country clubs. And so I go play with them because I let them pay for the country club membership. <laughs> yeah. and I just have It's like, don't own a boat. Totally. Make friends no, with somebody. Friend. Owns a boat. Yeah. So caddies. Yeah. Oh, my God, do mm-hmm. they make a lot of money. Because you're out there for four hours. They're dragging your bags around. It's really heavy, and they're essentially catering to your, catering to your every need. But when you're done, like a standard caddy tip is 80 bucks per bag. And and what I didn't know is on to here's things that I find out is that then you go and you tip the caddy master too. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So now really? you spent like $300 on your round Wait of golf. A second. It's so, ridiculous. So the caddy master is what is the caddy master and what does he do or she do? I'm not really sure. He stands there at <laughs> a little podium tips. and goes, hey guys, you have a good round? Yeah, thanks. All right, here's $50. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, I, I don't know. All get right. It. So the caddy, again, here's a perfect example. Anyone who enhances my. Through their hard work and this is my experience, I think I'm I'm absolutely ec- ec- not ecstatic, but I'm very willing to tip. 
In the case of a caddy, you would assume that could that person could hold sway over whether or not you have a very good <laughs> afternoon or not, right? Well, you can you can definitely yeah they yeah. they can make the round or and sometimes make it a lousy one. The I, caddy master, I don't know if the yeah. guy's just standing there saying, "How you doing?" I guess he just you know assigned the people who are going to carry your bag or whatever, yeah. but they but they get money too. Wait, the caddy yeah. master's mother. Do you do you ever tip the host or hostess at a restaurant? Essentially, that's what a caddy master. That's is. You, you tip the co- you tip the coat check girl. Kind of what it seems like. I don't know. So yeah, do you, you ever tope? Tope. <laughs> this is a this is a horrible tope. You call this a tope? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Tip. 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 <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> it's been said so many times yeah, that it now has no loses all meaning. It's just the tip case. But you Fintech, know, uh, I forgot what it's called. Whatever. You don't you don't tip a hostess. That's why I said tope. <laughs> you don't tope a hostess. <laughs> I, I you don't tope a hostess. <laughs> <laughs> Said, no, in other words, you go in, the person who takes the menus and walks you to your table, no. Yeah. You t- I, that's, and usually, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. that person earns a percentage more because they're not, I, well, they're, I don't they're, know. They usually get paid hourly. There we go. Oh, there host go. and hostess. Yeah. Yeah. So I was right and wrong at the same time. Full wages. I have to give a shout out to um, my favorite bartender at the Link. Her name is Amy. Um, all season long. So this, the Link and Citizens Bank and Wells Fargo Center have all gone cashless. Which right. means for the entire season, they stopped getting tips. Because if a drink was like $8 and somebody gave them a 10 or a 20, they would get ones. And a lot of people would tend to leave those keep, ones. Yeah, yeah. So this past Saturday night, we saw her. She came up. She's like, they added tips to the credit card machine. So oh, it took... Until now, it took them almost a year to add tips. Hey, I'm going to go to uh, Christina, who is a DoorDash uh, driver. Hi, Christina. Good morning. Christina. Hey, Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, Christina? Uh, So um, I drive for DoorDash on the side, uh, and a lot of people aren't tipping. Uh, Like, they don't put it. I have an app that tells me if they tip uh, beforehand. A lot of people aren't tipping. Uh, and they don't tip, like, add a tip afterwards. Um, I don't know why. I don't, like, text them and ask them, like, you're not, hey, you're not You're not allowed to, right? I mean, you, that, that's part of the, I assume that's part of the deal. You can't harass the, the, um, the recipient oh, of the food, right? Oh, yeah, that'll get you deactivated, like, real quick. <laughs> right, so, so when somebody drives, and I've had, I always tip, as we've established that, and, and try to be generous with that. Um, and, and also, I find that, uh, uh, but again, they never see, you as a DoorDash driver, never see the tip until after the food is delivered, correct? Unless you have a special app that tells you the payout, you won't know. Okay. Hey, Christina, by the way, I saw something, read something the other day that is becoming more common. When you can tell ahead of time that they're going to tip, that people will um, falsely put a large tip on there they will get the they will get the delivery and then they will remove the tip off and they're doing it so that they get a quicker delivery time. Yes, people will do that. What? So, so well, that's interesting. Now, I, I I always follow through, but I didn't know that aspect of it, Preston. Mm-hmm. That that um, because I I will usually have a time quoted to me if I'm doing with with a DoorDash or whatever about the delivery time, and I almost always get it in half that time. So I, I guess is it possible for someone who orders frequently, Christina, to have sort of a um, a profile available to the to the drivers that where they know this person might be a little bit more inclined to to tip more. Unfortunately, unfortunately, no. Okay. But, um, I do have like people that I I deliver in a specific area, so like there's a couple people that I've delivered to like 
two, three, four times. Um, and they tip well, which is nice. But Do you do really Instacart, too? Because um, Instacart, I used that over the break. and You tip with that, right? Uh, you can. I, I didn't the first one because I was brand new to it. And, and it wasn't like, oh, well, I'm not tipping this a-hole. No, I just... I was brand new to it. I didn't, and same thing with with Uber because you can tip via. And so I, yeah. For, yeah. the first time I ever Ubered, I was like, oh shoot, and then I ended up just tipping in cash anyway. But with Instacart, um, I was wondering if um, are, are you guys told to ring the doorbell or not ring the doorbell when you get to the uh, house? It depends. It depends on uh, your settings because you yeah. can set like def- different delivery settings, like contactless. You can put instructions because if I don't get any instructions. Uh, and it's contactless. I'm leaving it on the ground. Yes, I'm yeah. ringing your doorbell and I'm walking away. Yeah. So I noticed the new the new thing that they've added, Christina. It says seductive dancing, oh, which okay. is when like, they show up. Ooh. You just sort of like undulate up to the door. <laughs> okay, uh, but no, yeah, you you can have them leave it there, or you can. Uh, but listen, on my experience with uh, with uh, the DoorDash and and uh, Caviar and Dry Caviar, it's been very good, especially yeah. during when everyone was terrified of everything they were touching. Yeah, it was it was a, a wonderful aspect to it. Do I you, just didn't realize that there was a. a, a, a I, I'm new to this stuff as well because I got Instacart and I got ice cream and they just left it on my doorstep and it was like melted because I I, I didn't know that it was at my house. I had no idea. Christina, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Yeah, have a good one, guys. All right, you too. What's the protocol on tipping at uh, all-inclusive resorts? I've only been to one in my life. Don't, you don't okay. do. You shouldn't have to do anything. Okay. at all. <laughs> I actually worked at a restaurant when I was a, a teenager that that had a no tipping policy. Like right when you walked oh, in the no door, kidding. Said, no tipping at all. Yeah. What, what was the reason for that? You were salary? I don't I guess, know. Or? I worked. I worked at. I was the food bar attendant. Okay. Uh, it was at uh, York Steakhouse. Food bar attendant Preston. We need you. And so I think it was uh, a lot of it, it. It's one of those places like a, like a sizzler where you go stand in line and oh, like a buffet. food you go like along. a hosses. Yeah. yeah and then, yeah. then yeah. you go sit down at the table and there was a server who would get you beverages who would get you drinks right but they did but they, i guess they were paid well enough and okay. they didn't they didn't allow it so so like at, at a cafeteria situation like that mm-hmm. i where, where you are busting your own table and everything I will. I will leave a little bit. Stop it. The percentage. Yeah. Stop that. Well, that's your <laughs> choice to not. I will do it. Just a little bit if they're doing a little bit of mild cleanup. But I'm not leaving the full tip as if someone was a full waiter or waitress for me. But Nick, on the inclusive thing, like I grew up in a culture where you tip to get better service. Right. So it's kind of like when you arrive, you tip the person. You tip every person that touches your bags. Yeah. If you like you're... meet if you meet a bartender and you're gonna like Dude. hang out with the bartender all week and oh, you yeah. like exactly drop the Here's the worst scenario box. to yeah. that. If you want to get here's uh, the worst scenario service. to that. You you go to a and Marissa, <laughs> yeah. you, uh, everyone here will guarantee that this they've had this experience. You go up, you're you're trying to s- I'm putting this tip in your jar. Yeah. I'm going to come back to you. Dude. And then you get stuck in that awkward, you want them to see that you tipped. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then if they don't, I think Seinfeld even did a thing about yeah. it. My buddy George, uh, speaking of uh, Seinfeld <laughs> and the Costanza, but my buddy George, his dad owned a restaurant growing up and his uncle owned a, a, a nightclub. And so when we would go out, he would tip the bartender $50 right off of the bat. To start. To start. And then the bartender never looked over his head. Yeah. Always got oh, yeah, 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 yeah. that. Would he, would he make he, sure he'd say, you know, remember me? He, he didn't say remember me. Okay. The $50 bill said remember right, me. Right, right. And uh, kiss me. The other thing is, dude, he was like 21. Kiss, you know, yeah. like, I, kiss me. <laughs> kiss me. Uh, by the way, Texer says, hey, fine dining restaurant manager here, coat check employees. By the way, I was wondering about this, yeah. too. Usually make no money besides tipping. Kathy said uh, she was 
She made a mint. She made a mint. Yeah. Oh, dude. So my my sister worked. There was a restaurant in Swarthmore called the Angle Nook. My sister was a server there. My brother worked co-check. And routinely, my mom would make my brother and sister split their tips because he made so much money sitting in a closet, and she <laughs> busted her ass for, you know, five, six, seven uh, hours. That kind of sucks. By the way, that yeah. text goes on to say tipping host isn't necessary, meaning a host or hostess. Right. Tipping a host isn't necessary, but it can help with getting good tables, seating faster, yeah. et cetera. It goes, a little bit goes a long way. Now, that, I like doing that. I like greasing palms, meaning... You get yeah. something out of this, not you just here you go, thanks for doing your job, loop. but like, hey, uh, this is uh, this is a little incentive to help me out here. It's like in the it's like in Dumb and Dumber when he gets all the money and he's, he pulls yeah. up in the Lamborghini. Yeah. And, yeah. There you go. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, do we have to take a break here in a second? Just a, yeah. All right, hold on. Let me go to uh, <laughs> let me go to Joe. He's got a comment. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Good morning. It's just that you look so nice today. Wow. Old Thank school. you, Joe. What's up, bud? All right. So I worked years ago in my old profession. I was a bartender and a server in a couple of fine dining restaurants here in Philadelphia. Yeah. And the way it used to work was we, at the end of the night, all the servers and bartenders would have to tip out the host, the food runner, uh, the, the service bar. Right. And all the bartenders. So we would tip a little section out. And what we would do is. You know, if it was a kind of quiet night and I was hoping to get done early, you'd throw a couple extra bucks to your host to make sure you didn't get any tables after a certain time. Or right. if that one party came in and you were like, oh, they're known for tipping well, you'd throw an extra couple bucks to your host. And the host got to know who really took care of them. You always got the good tables. That's that, how that, the host got paid. That that's makes sense. The that's greasing the palms. That's, yeah. how, that's how you do it and you incentivize people to look out for you it's it's like presidents like goodfellas you know you show yeah. up here's your tribute yep <laughs> yeah i had i actually had a the boston bruins actually came in one night and we waited on them and they left me tickets at the will call window for the next day and i couldn't use them but the service bar uh, guy had grown up in boston was a huge bruins fan so i let him use my name to get those tickets and i never waited for a drink that I needed for one of my tables for the there rest. There you go. Nice. nice. Yep, yep. You can spread the love a little bit and make it work for you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Um, let me see another quick call. I'm gonna go, go back. Going back to the uh, Instacart and uh, Grubhub. I'm gonna go to Dave. Hey, Dave. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I do Instacart and Grubhub. On Grubhub, I can see the payout before I take an order, and I normally decide if I'm gonna take it or not. A lot of times, if there's no, you can tell when there's no tips because there's a minimum. If it's a minimum order, then I normally just leave it. And like a couple hours later, I'll still see that same order. Grubhub will actually add money to it just to get somebody to take the So Grubhub will actually take, if someone is elected to, to do the bare minimum tip, uh, Grubhub will actually add to that percentage to incentivize a driver to go handle it, correct? Correct. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah remove the tip after it's delivered and a lot of people were doing that during the pandemic and if i saw a ridiculous tip i actually dropped it and went with a normal tip because i knew that they were just going to take it away and it happened to me my, no kidding. Yeah, okay. My goal, Dave, is to make sure my uh, Grubhub or DoorDasher deliverer doesn't grab a few of my fries on the way over. Right? <laughs> Thanks, so Dave. I, I cool want to make it worth their while to keep their hands out of my bag. One of the cool things about Instacart is that you you know, you know communicate with the shopper while they're in the grocery yes, store. So right, they're yeah. like, I can't find this particular brand of ice cream. You know, What are you looking for? And so they, they will. And 
like anything, Steve, they'll, if they go above and beyond and do sure. shopping for it. Like, oh, my God. And, and you know that they're, especially during the pandemic, they're taking risks that at that point I didn't really want to take. So, you know, I, I think they totally deserve a tip. Absolutely. It's crazy to me that, all right, so DoorDash, Caviar, Grubhub, Instacart, like these things are all taking off. But I remember back in, it had to have been like the late 80s. They tried to, there was a thing, I think it was called Takeout Taxi, and it was essentially yes. what this is. It did not work. The Goldbergs did an episode, basically, of... Did they really? Yeah, ba- mm-hmm. Basically this. Barry came up with an idea, and they were overwhelmed too quickly. Uh, but yes, uh, it... it I, I guess, guess without the, without the ease of tech, exactly. It, it, yeah. it, it would it does it was postcards too, didn't too many get it done. Parts, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Well, uh, I would <laughs> like a hamburger and French fries. Put a stamp on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. There's there was a hub for that, and now like a with, Grubhub. <laughs> but with Grubhub, yeah. I mean, they're just all over the area. It's not right. like there's a home base in Holmes or something like that, right? All right. Well, anyhow, it's interesting. This whole thing, this conversation got started because of a. Um, tipping ass is it was at a fast food restaurant this tiktoker was posting about it they were asked if they wanted to tip or not at the drive-thru and it was right. like come on man mm-hmm. okay are we doing this now but uh interesting conversation nonetheless so thanks for your phone calls we appreciate it we do need to take a break i apologize to those who've been on hold for a long time they didn't get a chance to go to we're going to come back um the weekend was uh chunky with bizarre file oh, stories yeah. and i'll reveal some of those when we get back so make sure you stay with us Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. This Valentine's Day, avoid that look of disappointment. You know the look. A week after Valentine's Day when she throws the flowers you just bought into the trash? Try this. Get her a real long stem rose dipped in 24 karat pure gold. The only rose that's guaranteed to last forever is just $59. Our famous 24 karat gold dip roses arrive in our signature gold gift box. Order now and get free shipping at IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, we're going to take a trip into the V-File territory. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. Crazy stuff happened over the weekend, and I'm going to share just a few of these stories for you. We'll begin with this, and there's uh, video footage of this. A pilot was hospitalized on Sunday after he dramatically crash-landed his single-engine aircraft, and it landed and stopped on railroad tracks. The Los Angeles Police Department said several of its officers pulled the pilot, the only occupant on board from the wreckage, wreckage, seconds before an oncoming train slammed into it and destroyed it. If you were to hear that, you would think that was a bad disaster movie. That that uh, the plane crashes and then gets hit by a train. The body cam footage is incredible. They they you can see them struggling to get the yeah. door open. They're pulling the guy out. There's blood pouring down from his head. Oh my god! And you can hear him go, move, 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 move. And they get about ten steps away from the plane. Yeah. And a train comes through and just destroys it. Oh my The god. pilot who was not named uh, was transported to a hospital in an unknown condition. Uh, the downed plane, a Cessna 172, remained on and around the tracks for several hours following the crash, heavily restricting train movement in the area, and the incident remains under investigation. It's If you haven't seen the video footage, you got to check that out when you get a chance. A Lebanon, uh, Pennsylvania man 
is facing an indecent exposure charge after police say he walked into a Lancaster County dealership completely naked. So police were called to the CarMax on Thursday around 12.30 p.m. Police said 42-year-old Horace Samuels went to the business to get his vehicle appraised and to test drive a new one. So authorities say during the interaction, Samuels went to his vehicle and then he came back inside the business completely naked. What's it going to take to put these exposed balls into a new car? <laughs> uh, officially, uh, the officials say that there were about 30 people inside the business at the time. He was arrested. Huh. Authorities rescued 27 people from a floating chunk of ice that broke away from shore in the Bay of Green Bay in eastern Wisconsin. That what? is uh, some scary stuff because they would have ended up at the Island of Misfit Toys. That's right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, the injuries were uh, reported in the incident that happened Saturday morning north of Green Bay in the arm that's part of Lake Michigan. Many of the 27 people rescued were ice fishing at the time of the incident. You figured it would be cold enough for it to not be break off like that. The chunk of ice floated about three quarters of a mile during the rescue and was about a mile from the shoreline by the time everyone was brought to solid ground. Authorities said, though, that uh, the stranded people were on the, uh, the separated ice shove for about 90 minutes. And they believe, Steve, that a barge traveling uh, through the bay may have caused that chunk of ice to break off the okay. shoreline. Yeah. Uh, Shane Nelson, who was making his first ice fishing excursion, said the noise sounded like somebody had fired a gun. He said, we thought it was interesting, got out to our, of our shanty, took a look, and people were yelling on the ice, we're separating. So, Preston, we have a picture up here, and I guess they use fan, like fan Yeah, boats. they use the airboats. Oh, so, yeah. airboats from the Brown County Sheriff's wow. Office and the U.S. Coast Guard were used to rescue <gasps> eight passengers at a time. That'd be cool, Because I it? guess they can go up onto the, the snow ice. and ice yeah. as well as into the water, yeah. A uh, man showed up at a stranger's doorstep Tuesday night. Demanding his go-kart back. (laughs) The woman who answered the door had no idea who he was. And when she told the man that she didn't know what he was talking about, he put a gun to her head and took her on a wild ride. Uh, Randy Lee Moreland now faces several serious uh, felonies in connection with the alleged abduction. Uh, Deputies say Moreland knocked on the front door of a woman's residence around 9 p.m. He insisted that she return a go-kart. The woman told investigators she'd never met Moreland before, and she didn't have his go-kart. I don't have your go-kart, but I bet the missus does. Apparently, Moreland didn't believe her. He ordered the woman into the van at gunpoint. Wow. Uh, According to deputies, another man, who was unknown to the victim, was driving the van. He drove the pair to a convenience store. When Moreland went inside the mini-mart, he asked the woman if she felt threatened. She conceded that she was in fear and tried to explain to the driver that she didn't know Moreland and she didn't have his go-kart. The three returned to the victim's neighborhood after Moreland got back in the van and the driver dropped the pair off. Uh, The sheriff's deputies eventually got involved after the victim's friend reported that the woman called her in a frenzy. So... The, the victim's friend, the guy that was driving, yeah. didn't know that this was... Right. What, he didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, when officers responded to the victim's home uh, to check on her, she and Moreland approached. Deputies <sighs> noted the woman was visibly shaken and appeared to be crying. He gets this way when he thinks his go-kart's missing. Deputies <laughs> used a stun gun to subdue Moreland after he backed away from officers while reaching toward his waistband. And a 9mm handgun was found in his pocket along with two smoking pipes that tested positive for methamphetamine. Oh, please. Uh, of course, okay. yeah. Don't even talk about his Vespa. Dude, this is, okay, this is a this is a strange story. Never heard of something like this happening before. This is in North Carolina. Two people have been hospitalized after multiple skiers on Beach Mountain 
were sprayed with freezing cold water on Friday after a water line seemingly broke. It's so weird how this happened. So, Tim Williams shared videos saying that he and his daughter witnessed the whole thing. Williams said some skiers were actually blown off of the lift as a result of the water pressure. You saw they, the geyser, right? They got up? knocked yeah. off from this water. Wow. So, people were frantic. He said there were some people that tried to grab a snowboard and cover the water, but that didn't work. He said people tried to help as freezing cold water sprayed onto the lifts. The problem was that when they stopped the lifts... They stopped the chair directly above oh, the no. water, oh, and what uh, when that happened, it was pretty hard to watch. He said, I mean, you can't believe the, the water pressure that's shooting up onto these people. It's crazy. It's like they're sitting right above a geyser. Uh, cold weather conditions in North Carolina mountains didn't help the situation. Emma Point um, describes being thrown out of her lift from the water pressure. I know it's it's funny looking. Yeah. Anybody, oh my god! How bad did they get hurt? Uh, they got they got hurt pretty good. So oh, uh, she said, "All I remember is seeing the metal bar that comes down just fly up, and I remember seeing myself in the air." Uh, Lapointe said that uh, she had bruises all over her body and an air bubble in her chest. Uh, the resort said that an uninjured guest had skied into a water and air hydrant during the snowmaking operations. Okay, yeah, it, it, again, it looks like a, like a um, a full geyser right under where they were sitting, and you can see the skis in the in the water. Yeah, yeah. So they they, they needed to move that just a, another three or four feet forward. It'd be fine, and everybody would have been all right. Uh, according to the resort in the statement, they said the hydrant was under a loaded chair, resulting in several patrons getting wet. Our operations and safety team worked diligently to unload the lift and drain the system safely. EMS transported two patrons to the local hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Dude, that'd be like a nuclear douche. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, and there you go. That is it in the bizarre file for you this morning. I still have loads of other amazing stories, which we'll get to in the second run of the B-File a little bit later on this morning. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment, and we're going to dive a little bit more into this terrible story about Bob Saget uh, passing away suddenly, unexpectedly, uh, and we have some clips and so on to play. So we'll come back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best-sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD 2, the MM Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Dude, Bob Saget died, and I mean, he... I mean, just out of nowhere, 65 years old. This is the... this is There are many heartbreaking things about this, but the fact that it just was like, bang, immediately gone no word of him being ill of any kind of lingering problem or anything like that and you know they they've they've said that there's no no uh signs of foul play or drug use or anything like that i am curious as is i think our our human you know natural inclination is to to find out why this happened yeah how it happened. and i don't yeah. know why but we just I sometimes people just die it it, it is it's yeah. it's it's obviously always and they are going to investigate why this seems so summarily out of the blue because I'd seen him popping up recently talking about loving touring and all of this stuff. He's always active on social media. Mm-hmm. I had tweeted out on uh, December 23rd, so just before Christmas, Yeah, somebody had said, uh, a listener named Chrissy said, do you listen to your your best of stuff when you guys are off? And I said, uh, periodically I do today, I, and I wrote, 
Uh, I heard a bit of at Bob Saget. I added at him today, and he's just the absolute best. And we were talking Norm Macdonald. It's so hard to believe he's gone. Yeah. And Bob liked that, like yeah. almost immediately. So mm-hmm. he's, he's he was that's how dialed in he was. Mm-hmm. This just came out of nowhere. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I was actually watching America's Funniest Home Videos when the, I, the news hit. When I on our phone, I saw it on the phones, and we were all sort of uh, texting back and forth with each other. And then ABC News broke in. You know, uh, yeah. and and gave the the the, the announcer like this is on yeah. effing real. It just sucks because you know included in the story is the tweet that he had tweeted the night before. The night before, because, you know. So okay, so he wasn't like sick or you know. No. Again, you always want to figure oh, why and how did this happen? But like, uh, yeah, I found I was at my son's basketball practice last night when I found out. The only reason I found out is I hurt my back and I had to sit down. So now I'm sitting down. And I look at my phone and. And immediately, thought, I'm like, well, this has got to be a hoax, yes. right? And then when Can't I saw be. it, well, it was from TMZ, and I'm like, oh, shoot, this is this is real. Yeah. This isn't fake. And um, Yeah, yeah, I had to do a couple of, uh, check a couple things yeah, so to make sure if it was legit. But, yeah, yeah and, and you wonder if <clears throat> maybe he had a heart, a heart condition he didn't know about. I mean, that's the first thing I think about. It's or a possible. Stroke well, or that's, yeah, like you that. know, I was talking to the assistant <clears throat> coach, this guy, Todd, and he's like, you know, and I said, well, he's 65. I'm like, anything. At that point... Anything can happen. Sure. I'm like, he could have choked on a French fry for all we know. You yeah, know what I mean? Too. Like, he was by himself. Yeah. And so yep. there's, there's, um, could have fallen and hit his head. Who anything, knows, man? Something anything. could have happened. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, coming on the heels of, of Betty White passing and Sidney Poitier, who were both in their 90s, you're like, okay, they've led long lives. Right. And like, there they sucks to lose them. And the thing about Betty White was, you know, you would see her name trending quite a bit on Twitter over yeah. the years anyway. And you're like, oh, all right. Well, this is awful, and we love Betty White, and we love Sidney Poitier. But with Bob, it just it was such a surprise, and we had just played the best of bit. Uh, you know, I, we, I think we've all seen him perform live, and yeah. he's just one of those guys where, we, Steve, you said it earlier, but, like, when you talk about people that you consider to be friends of the show, uh, Bob is one of them. Like, you know? it, leg- legitimately. Not that anyone else that we, you know, we have, know. We, have we have friendships and things going with, with you know, everyone, you but know. But he knew us. Like, he, he would interact with us as yes. if we'd been friends for a long and time. And he enjoyed, he, exactly, you know, exactly. That kind of conversation right. existed with Bob Saget, and it was from the heart. Yeah. And he, he loved the station. Marissa, you pointed out earlier, again, that he won a contest, you know, with, with MMR, and he would always... Uh, Mention that. I mean, he he was definitely tied into this area, and it meant a lot to him. Just unbelievable. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw a tweet or a meme that that really encompassed it because I couldn't figure out like why this hit so hard. And it said, "We lost our grandmother and our dad in the same week." Yeah, yeah. I was Betty wondering, White I'm, and Bob Saget. I'm looking at his account to see if he posted anything about Betty, which I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. He I'm sure he knew her. Uh, he posted. He just posted a picture of her. Um, and you know, sometimes that's, you know, that's enough. That's enough. You, you, you can't like with Norm, you, Norm McDonald, who was a dear friend of his, he, he couldn't, he couldn't talk about it. Yeah. Casey reached out to him to see if he would come on because they were so close. And and what did he tell you, Case? Uh, well, it's same thing. And I'm, I'm reading another one because I just wanted to see what my correspondences with, with, with him were. And it was the same, same exact thing that I got from him when Don Rickles passed. He said, sorry, man, I can't do it. I'm too emotional and difficult in honoring the family's wishes. So yeah. uh, everything's on it, my my Instagram site. So if yeah. you need to hear what he I also have to say. tweeted out a little while back, oh, yeah, Philly, Glenside, back home at the Keswick Theater on Friday, March 18th. Um, and then he, you know, talks about uh, how to get the ticket. So he was going to be swinging back around to home again. So it's just terrible news. And, and you know, each time... 
that we would uh, encounter him. It was just you. It, it was it was so easy. You didn't have to prep for uh, for Bob Saget at all because number one, he never has a shortage of things to talk about. He's always very very talkative, and like every. Every couple of lines was some kind of joke that he would throw in effortlessly. People were unaware, again, as was I, because I had initially, I wasn't that aware of his stand-up prior to Full House. And uh, I didn't watch really Full House all that much. It was after that when I started to see, uh, and I was allowed to see him uncensored appear and realize how super lightning quick he was. I mean, I, there are a handful of comedians that have delivered to me a, a, a gasping for breath laughing. Bob Saget was one of those. All right. So, Steve, I want to ask you your personal um, thoughts on, on the aristocrats because I know, like, yeah. you're a comedian's comedian and I, and I know how filthy and disgusting <laughs> it is. And Gil- you love Gilbert, too. Gilbert. Genius, yeah. So, so Bob's take on that, I, I just didn't see that coming at all. I didn't no. know that he was going to do that, and then he did. <laughs> Bob goes on the basic gist of the aristocrats joke. If you're not familiar with it, it's this performing family goes to their to this agent, and they're selling themselves. And so, what happens is, well, show me what you got, show me your act. They begin to do, and it's all to the joke teller's discretion. Yep, a series of the most vile, horrific, disgusting things. <laughs> And then the punchline of the joke is, what do you call your act? The aristocrats. Right, so the stand-up and punchline is the same for everybody. You right. just fill it right. in right. on right. your own. The real you, joke, you know, yeah. There's a license to do whatever you want to on that. By the way, Nick found, he he, he wrote a, a lengthy post, actually, about Betty White and how sweet she is and what a wonderful woman and how missed she will be. Yeah. And of course, people are doing that in tribute to him now. Uh, which is just... Um, it just shouldn't be. But, no, it shouldn't I mean, be. it's the way life goes that these things come out of the... Uh, the blue, but this again. Well, I never with Norm or with Neil Peart. You were talking about, you know, no one's prepared for it. It's an absolute fact. No one gets out of this. You yeah, know, it's yeah. it's the way it's going to happen. Like Chadwick Boseman, like nobody yeah. had any idea he would. No, he was sick, and he, right. he had, it was a different story than this. But it's just uh, it's a gut punch when you hear about this stuff. And I'm curious if anybody listening was was friends with Bob. If you want to call in, feel free to let us know two one five two six three WMMR because Philly was near and dear to his heart. He got started. Uh, through WMMR. He gave comedy a shot through yeah. that. Won a contest, actually. 17 is when he started officially doing stand-up. Um, we have some clips of him um, on the show. We'll, we'll play some clips of him doing, you know, what you know him for as right. well. Uh, but but some clips with uh, interviews with him. Uh, this first one here, Marissa says, WMMR and love for Philly. Yeah, he explains uh, the contest that he won here on okay. MMR. All right, here we go. You know, you guys started my career, um, not you personally, but WMMR. Yeah. I won a radio contest when I was 17 years old. Yeah. And WMMR gave me 500 bucks. I don't know if I've talked about it you, on your show you before. You have, yeah, yeah. It, well, it, here it, it is again. <laughs> <laughs> was that it? Was that at uh, Stephen Starr's Comedy Club? or you No, know, actually, that's where I really started. But okay. before that, it was a place called Grandma Minnie's. And you guys were, were teenagers. And I was, <laughs> no, you were babies. I was a teenager. I was 17. I sang a song about bondage. And then people go, how did the Full House dad get weird? I don't know. When he was 17, he sang a song about right. bondage. Right. So, I mean, yeah, Stephen Starr did a lot for my career. Oh, I was playing awesome. at a club at uh, 3rd and Bainbridge that he owned. Okay. But I... I Love Philly. So MMR was integral in, in realizing, hey, I can uh, I can make money at this. And you know what? What he was was a constant advocate for the area, a constant oh, yeah. friend to the area. And and I mean that, that's what it is. It's, you know, he, I, 
you, you, I hate to lose people who are so good and so so nice and so supportive and, and familial. That's the way it always felt with him. I remember it was it was earlier on in our career working at Y100 and uh, Jamie Kennedy, <laughs> another Philly guy, had come out with a song called Rolling with Saget. You guys remember oh, that? Yes. It was great. Hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, I forgot about that. Because Saget was the man. Yeah. And the vid- he, in, uh, there's a video of them going around to clubs yes. in Philly, you know, and, and Bob gets you to the front of the line and get you in the club <laughs> and all this stuff. And it played him off as like a gangsta. And right. stuff. It was really, really, really funny. Well, speaking of Y100, um, our friend Jesse Cute, who is is one of the um, PR people in the city that brings, you know, celebrities to, mm-hmm. you know, the radio station. He recounted that the very first time he met him, he picked him up um, off a of red eye in 2002. He was promoting the show with Kat Dennings, where he also right. played a dad. It was like second full house. Short-lived sitcom, but it was, it was nice. Yeah, Jesse quotes to say, uh, the show was practically canceled already, but he still came and he did the tour. He said he picked him up uh, off the red eye and, and drove him right to Y100. That was the first uh, experience that he had with him. Was that camp out for home? It had to be. He came to uh, that. That's what he came for. Yeah, and uh, and well, that, we were. No, we were he like, would have said, yeah, because he was asking if he, he would have remembered that it was at camp out. The yeah, camp out okay. that he came to was in uh, two thousand nine. Yeah, Metroplex at the Metroplex. Yeah, and right. I was with the show at that point. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So, so yeah. this was two thousand two. Oh man, um, hang on a second before we play another clip. I have uh, Jeff on the line. Hey Jeff, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, buddy. So you had a, you had a connection to Bob. Yeah, back in the uh, mid-'80s, my brother's a professional comedian also, and I used to hang out at the comedy store with Bob and Louie Anderson and all those guys. Oh, man. And uh, I I, I saw him a couple times over the years. I moved back about 30 years ago to Philly. But um, I saw him a couple times after he hit it huge. But back in those days, you know, he was doing comedy, and uh, that was even before uh, the video show. Oh, before uh, Mary's Funny Show videos, yeah. But, yeah. but very nice guy, uh, you know, always telling jokes, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Le- yeah. a legitimately funny guy, Jeff, that, yeah. you know, some, some guys have to work to it, and other guys are just naturally that way, and he... he uh, he was so. Th- those are good memories. A lot but of your your your. Thank you, Jeff. By the way, your your comment that uh, you know he's a nice guy. That's that's the refrain. That's yeah. what you hear from everybody because he was just like his character on a Full House. He was just a nice guy. Yeah, you know. But he had a a, a really dirty comedic <laughs> sense of humor. Sure, and he would you know he wouldn't hit you up with that if it wasn't your thing. He could no. read people as well. No, you know? he absolutely could. And and that was, you know, uh, but but I mean, throughout his career, and again, he's uh, what what Jeff was mentioning, um, all the comedians who, who came up through the ranks, everybody from Jeff Ross, Burt Kreischer posted something very uh, wonderful about, about Bob Saget. Uh, you know, uh, Whitney Cummings, who is on the, the show uh, tomorrow, I believe, Case, mm-hmm. uh, as well. So many people worked with him and uh, and loved him. Uh, here's a text that says, Bob Saget's two daughters on the show, Raising Dad, were Kat Dennings, and Brie Larson was the other oh, one. Oh, that was the other one. Went huh? on to be uh, I didn't Captain remember Marvel. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Hmm. Um, and oh, let me see here. This is uh, my father-in-law, his cousin, and he owns, and they own Saget's Tuxedos, where I rented my tuxedos no. for my wedding. <laughs> so I'm pretty much blood-related to him, it says here. Wait, um, I'm sorry, because that's where I got my uh, my prom tuxedos. They, they, there's I don't a relation know. there? I don't know. 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe they're, maybe it's a stretch, and they just wanted to say that there's <laughs> okay. a somewhat connection to Bob. Sure. There. Do you guys remember the last time he was here? He, like, didn't want to leave. I think it was 2017 or 18. We have uh, remember pictures because one of some of the... Every, when he came in, everyone yeah. from yeah. our sister stations uh-huh. wanted to come by and grab uh, a picture with him, and he said absolutely, yeah. and was taking pictures, and I think we, did, we must have done a couple breaks with him because he was... Yeah. Uh, I mean, that guy... When you want to talk about what we always um, endeavor to do, which is to just have a conversation, Mm -hmm. as you said, Preston, effortless. Yeah, I read another story about him um, that uh, it was from a server in Hollywood that said he would eat his restaurant frequently and he was the most, um, I I don't want to say bothered, but everybody would come up to him and say hi. And he stopped and took every photo, talked to every person, said his meals would take forever because he never said no to a photo. By the way, Steve, somebody points out on the text, says, Bob Saget's Comedy Central roast was the best because it was all his friends that were there. Who loved him. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That is, a, that is a fantastic roast. The Norm McDonald, when, when he gets yeah. up at and, 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 and a point, and Norm is being Norm, and yeah. then at one point he switches gears, and he gets very, very sentimental. Right. And he's like... You're like, okay, when's Norm going to throw in a joke? But he didn't. He's no. just like, I just wanted to say that. Right. right. And, and Bob looked like he was going to cry. And he bombed on purpose. Norm did. Yeah, yeah. Because he loved Bob so much, and so he was telling these awful jokes. Yes, they and were the, terrible. Yeah, and the comedians started picking up on how bad the jokes were. Uh-huh. But basically, Norm just didn't want to say a bad thing about his friend. We yeah. had Norm in the studio after all this had happened, and Norm, and what he had done basically is he had picked up a book which was... <laughs> A, like a joke book for corporate events, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that you could tell these jokes, and you know, uh, I mean, with the, the and he just would not stop. And everyone, especially Bob Saget, was floored by how hilarious. I mean, it was. you know, two of the greats within a year losing Norm yeah. and Bob. It's just it's brutal. Yeah. Uh, here's another segment when he had joined us and uh, talking about how his style uh, has changed over the years. I, I got to say, I've been going over. I'm, I gotta tell you, I'm Bob Hostead. <laughs> um, I was, I've been going over a stand up that I want to do. It's oddly, before the quarantine happened, before COVID, I was becoming more responsible in what I was doing. It would just right. seem to have more meaning. There were more stories. There was more, it wasn't p- politics or religion. I, I'm not there to do that. I'm there to entertain everybody, but yet have some actual human context of the things I grew up with. Yeah. More, more human. And it just started happening. So I, I'm a different people go people are now just right before quarantine they were going you're not as dirty as I want you to be I'm like <laughs> I'll throw in another word for you I don't know what to do you know we we change as, as we do this you don't do just one speed one right. thing so um well I think I'm just I can't wait yeah I never got a chance to see him live I wish I would have yeah great uh, and um mm-hmm. Uh, it just, you know uh, you always tend to think of it in this way I remember years ago when when my mother passed you know her her time when it happened was her her suffering or whatever. And he didn't. We, Bob wasn't suffering. There was no sign of that. But but he, he is he's moved on, and we're here now. You know, um, wallowing in this because he's gone, and, and you never think of it that way. I mean, he's. You know, what I'm, I'm saying it's yeah. it's it's, it's, at, it's like wow, man. It just it it is one of those things that that reminds you again of 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 the importance of just letting people know how you if you like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always a good good place to start from if you actually want to express love and and caring for them. Uh, but yeah, to have him this way, the one thing that you can take away is that apparently everything, as you said, Preston commented on the show, had a great time, was an, on a, on a high. So whatever he was feeling, it was it was a good feeling mm. prior to his. 
a passing. So, Marissa, he uh, he was here in 2017. That was the last visit in studio? Yes. Okay, so that must have been to promote that Keswick show, which I went to. And, uh, Steve, I, I said this earlier today, but there were so many people from Abington High School there right. uh, and uh, old friends and family, and he hung out with all of them afterwards. And I remember thinking... Uh, when we go to the show, it's like, well, we had him in studio that morning. Maybe I'll get a chance to say hi. And then uh, whoever was running the Keswick that night was like, no, well, he's he's here with all his friends and family. I was like, awesome, good yeah. for him. You know, like he gets to hang out with the people that he really wants to hang and out with. And that mean a lot to him. So exactly. he, he, he apparently was born in, or, li, or was raised in Mount Airy. Okay, yeah, and and so. Um, uh, but but the, the air, whenever he'd come on the show too, he'd make all sorts of specific local references yeah. that come. His his obviously his, as a Temple grad, he 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 loved that. He had gone to a um, didn't they do a, a special? Um, I think they honored they him. They honored or something. him. We yeah, have a clip of that as well. Uh, right. Oh, we do? right. Okay. Uh, which one is that? Temple University. Okay, got you. Yeah, here we go. At Temple yesterday. Yes, yesterday How cool was, was that? It was really beautiful. They took they had taken a church that used to be the the Commons Hall or whatever it was. It's your alma mater. And I yes, it yep. is. I, I graduated Temple with a, a television radio television film degree, and now it's called the School of Media and Communications because mm-hmm. they realized that radio really, except for the fact that it is the major communicator. Uh, most people don't go there to be a broadcaster. They right. go there to be on television or, or make movies. And that was my major. And uh, Lou Klein was the guy that got me an internship at the Mike Douglas show. Wow. So I worked at uh, KYW, which is also what I use as a lube. And I worked there <laughs> for... Uh, your news and your lube. Exactly. You don't yeah. need a windscreen on the mic or anything. And um, I worked there on the Mike Douglas show for like six months. And it was longer than the, the semester. And... And I just found out, wow, do you want to be in variety? Do you want to be in TV? I didn't know what I wanted. I was 18 years old. Wow. Um, hang yeah. on. Uh, I have a uh, cl- uh, call from Bernie here who had seen him at college. Hey, Bernie, good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, so, yeah, I, I met Bob back in uh, 2005. I was on the uh, uh, concert committee in my undergrad, and he did a show. Of course, was completely caught by surprise by how raunchy it was. And then <laughs> after the show, you know, he, he meets us. Uh, you know, all of us were hanging out, and uh, you know, he says bye for that. And literally, as he's walking out the door, he goes, "Hey, is there a Planned Parenthood open this time of night?" <laughs> is there- <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which is like something <laughs> he would say. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the dude would just. It was so out of nowhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was down in Maine, and we were like, what just happened? Right. Danny Tanner? Right, right. Oh, my God. Thank you, Bernie. He he was just great with the, mm-hmm. the zingers like that. Like, that, he, he could zing. Yeah. You know, so there are some people that are joke tellers and some people that are storytellers, and right. he could just, boom, he just hit these little one-liners that were hilarious all the time. So in the course of conversation, as he's going, he would, he would tag, he would tag, he would tag, yeah. he'd, and he'd be like... And aside, and you'd be you'd be two or three lines ahead before you go. Oh, oh, oh my God, that was that hilarious! Right. Yeah. yeah, and and that's what I mean. That's how sharp and quick he is, or was. Uh, it's, uh, go down to Dave Coulier because he talks about that, uh, Casey. What's this clip uh, centered around? What were we? What so about Dave? Coulier? This was 2011. Um, one of our first phone interviews with him, and he was. We were talking about the roast, and we talked about Dave. Um, uh, how Dave was a blue 
comedian, but not in public, only right. like when he would talk to his friends. And so he talked about him speaking at his roast. Okay. Did Dave take some digs at you? Did they let yeah, him? Yeah, he did. He took a couple smacks, and uh, he just was, he was really in good spirits. He didn't want to get up there and be part of that just because that's not the kind of comedy he likes to do. Right? No, no, yeah. He's, in he's, fact, yeah, we had him in one time, and we were, we were asking about, obviously, the Full House days, and he said he had, and, and we asked about your routine, which is, you know, uh, notoriously blue, which is complete opposite of the yeah. characters you see on TV. And I remember him mentioning something along of catching your act one time, and, and he said, oh, dude, there were a couple moments that were just hard to, <laughs> you know, referring to the Full House days. Listen to you laugh. Yeah, well, he's, because he, we know, and you're also, you know, one of the highlights of the, um, the the pen and te- the documentary of the, oh, the uh, aristocrats. The aristocrats. Oh, yeah. Your your yeah. sequence just floors me. Well, thank you. Yeah. What's uh, funny is Dave always Dave was always the bluest. I, he was dirtier than me when we were uh, hanging out. And uh, when did that shift take place? I, I think you know it's cool. I, I respect him not wanting to put that out to the masses. <laughs> I respect you more for wanting to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, so he was like blue behind closed doors. Right. Well, and please don't say that sentence that way again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, how lightning fast. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, my God. He jumps on that immediately. Uh, yeah. back that so up. he was like blue behind closed doors. Right. Well, and please don't say that sentence that way again. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, man. Our, our uh, friend of the show, another friend of the show, Dom Irera, um, uh, had uh, tweeted out, or somebody tweeted for him, but he talked about like a three-day, they were in Vegas and they were doing a couple of shows, and he said for three solid days they laughed crying. I mean, right. they just, yeah. you know, again, Dom's one of those deceptively, you know, uh, uh, blue comedians who will just be, yeah. who will just rock your world. But, uh yeah. So, so I didn't watch Full House. Uh, it was at, at the time, whatever age I was, I just it was a little too clean and squeaky and and for me. So I, I didn't watch it. It was and, perfect and, for me. And therefore, <laughs> I did. I didn't watch the um, the reboot. Yeah, you guys all did a little bit of it. Yeah, and it uh, it, it was incredibly successful. Yeah. yeah. It did super well. Well, there was an audience for it, and yeah. that audience was Casey and Marissa, yeah. and you know that, those of us that grew up with TGIF, and like it was this thing where you know you just. It was he was like this dad figure growing up, which again was is part of the reason why it was so shocking when he, he has that line in half baked about sucking D for a coke. <laughs> yeah. And but you're like that with Danny Tanner saying that, but yeah, America's funny some videos and, and full house. That TGIF schedule was full house. It was um Family Matters. Family Matters and uh was Boy Meets World part of that as well? No, that was a little bit later. The, I think uh, just the ten of us and Perfect Strangers perhaps was in there at one point too. It moved because Perfect Strangers was earlier in the yeah. uh, in the week and then that moved to right. that lineup. Um it was all squeaky clean. Family yes. comedy. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, no. Uh, step by step. Does somebody say step by step? Step by step. Yeah, with, uh, Patrick Duffy and Suzanne Summers. Um, but so Bob was there for uh, Fuller House. He essentially was there to pass the baton. He was yeah. there in like the first episode, right. and, and that was kind of it. Oh, that was it for him? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I didn't see it. So it was mainly the ladies' show after. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. yeah. So when Full House was on TGIF, it was around Perfect Strangers, Mr. Belvedere, Mr. Oh, Belvedere, Family Matters, wow. uh, The Thorns, hmm. that didn't last long. Yeah. yeah, around there. Okay, but it, uh, um, oh, Baby Talk. Oh, you guys remember that show? Baby <laughs> Talk. No, it was like Look Who's Talking, but as a sitcom. Let oh. me play a clip. Is this from? Uh, yeah, uh, Full House. Okay, here we go. This is uh, Danny Tanner talking about being a neat freak, I guess. Yeah. Good morning, troops. It is now 0700, and it's time to attack the enemy. Grease, grime, slime, sludge. And that's just Joey's room. 
Now, what is dirt? Dirt bad. I can't hear you. Dirt bad. Now, troops, you all have your assignments. Now, sound off. I love the smell of Lysol in the morning. It was always fairly terrible. My, my issue, with, and, and listen, I, I knew exactly where it hit, where they'd be like, you know, Christmas is coming, and then it'd be completely framed differently, and they'd cut to one of the Olsen twins playing one one kid. Yeah. You know, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, it's like, oh, and the audience would laugh, you know, yeah. I like candy. Yeah. <laughs> um. But the show is based in like tragedy. Like the mom is dead. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember how they ended up. They found her out off. she was a terrorist, and they shot her at an airport. <laughs> oh, I, didn't know yeah. that. I think she was sick. She was trying to get on a, a, an international flight. <laughs> oh, and she was strapped with a bomb vest. Okay, so oh. they yeah. shot her yeah. to yeah. save. Yeah. That was a they powerful saved episode. <laughs> countless lives. Wow. <laughs> Powerful episode. <laughs> they were all powerful episodes. They always ended with a hug from Danny at the end of it. Well, no, they're always every single episode. It's like, okay, here comes the violin, or right. you know, there was always some sort of lesson. It's the same thing, uh-huh. and, and it's been described. It's described wonderfully. I forget was it maybe Adam Goldberg talked about it on on the Goldbergs. Um, in the third act, the the edict is comedy need not apply. Yeah. Like it's always the the heartfelt music. Yep. yep. You know, maybe I jump to conclusions. I never knew my wife was a terrorist. By the way, you, the joke you made about Herbie, if we would have asked Bob about it, that's the type of answer he probably oh, would yeah. have given. Oh, yeah, yeah, He yeah. said, oh, she was a killed, <laughs> she was a terrorist, and they shot her at the airport. <laughs> uh, by the way, so here it is. What happened to the mom in Full House? Right. Here's an answer to it. Six and a half months after giving birth to her child, her third child, Michelle, was killed by a drunk driver. Oh. That's it, yeah. Her cause of death was stated by DJ in Under the Influence in season eight, mm-hmm. by and the it, way. And that, there was that episode where it was exposed that Dave Coulier was that d- drunk driver. <laughs> 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 and so he, he, was, and he was doing a beer run for Danny Tanner. No way! <laughs> no, but if you think about it, he was the co-host of a morning show in San Francisco. Yeah. So any of you guys, you're all fathers. Sorry, Steve. Yeah. Um, you're a cat dad. Um, could you imagine having three children, one of them being a toddler, and then you have to go do your job as a morning show host? He did a radio show? No, on, a, TV a TV show. show. Like, he was a like a religious show. guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, the show never smacked of realism to me, so I, 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 I don't know if a lot of people thought, wow, this is an insightful look into the... But, but it was... It was it was meant to just be warm and yes. a place mm-hmm. for the family to yeah. watch, and that's what he did. I'm going to go to uh, Todd, who had a connection uh, with Bob Saget. Hey, Todd, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, Bob. Uh, yeah, I, Bob and I went to Temple University uh-huh. together. Okay. And uh, we uh, were in film class. That was our major, and uh, we both had the same professor, obviously, about 16 students. Okay. And Bob and I were editing our finals to get out of school, uh, you know, with A's, we hoped. But our teacher had informed us that uh, he doesn't give A's. Oh. He uh, only gives A-minuses, Ben Levin. But he was a good professor. Okay. And he backed that up by saying, you know, you always have, you are always open for improvement. Yeah, okay. But uh, Bob and I, uh, when we were screening our finals, we both... My gosh, we worked next to each other for about 100 hours in the film lab. Back then, you were splicing 16 millimeter. Oh, yeah. And the soundtrack. A real mess. Uh, but uh, we had a lot of fun joking and everything. But when we went to this class, 
to watch our finals, one of the students who started working on this project about a week before we were out uh, obviously did no work at all with it. And, and our professor was criticizing his film, saying, I like the way you shot this and the way you shot that. And Bob and I are looking at each other. since he stuck the camera out of the window of a moving car and just filmed six minutes of that. So we confronted the professor later. He said, why, why are you doing this? And he said, well, he says, the student's going to get a D minus. He's going to pass. But you guys, you have no worries. You guys will do just fine. So basically telling us to mind their own business. <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. That's wild. But Todd, Bob, could, Bob could... went to our movie theater. I ran the Student Activity Center movie theater at Temple, uh -huh. and I spliced together a whole mess of footage and called it Movie Memories. It was basically putting funny clips inside of serious parts of films, and he used to come and laugh and watch them. I always wondered whether he got the idea of uh, the American funniest videos from what you were doing those uh, movies well that, that was uh, that was actually that was a guy named Vin Debona actually was the one and he, he yeah. I think he got it from a show that was over in uh, in in um, Europe or Japan but anyway uh, yeah Bob was the original first host of America's funny home videos Todd did you uh, could you tell that he had something special when you guys were students together oh God yeah he made us laugh he would come into my office because we were running films and uh, continuously all day. So he would take a break, come in, watch some film that's at the office and chat. He was he always broke us up. He always cracked us up. Yeah. A lot of fun. And uh, I got a chance to meet him one more time. He came to uh, TLA Cinema, mm -hmm. a theater downtown Philly, in 2015. I, I emailed him. I said we wanted to come down and see him. He sent us tickets. Uh -huh. And then uh, we went backstage after the show. I actually posted it on my Facebook page. Oh. Uh, my daughter and I got uh, to see him one more time. And we, we gosh, I was backstage with him about 30 minutes. That's Just so going cool. over all the old old stuff at Temple. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the kind of guy who does not forget, uh, would not forget his past and his friends and, and stayed loyal. You know what? He was, he was always funny. I never saw, as I said, that one time we were upset about that other student. And, uh, you know, it, it was interesting because he never, he always, he always had the f funny side of life. He was always laughing yeah. and uh, a great guy, yeah. lots of fun. And I, I always appreciate it. We're the same age, of course. So, uh, he, uh, uh his, his death was a real shocker for me last night. I to a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. All right. I was on the air when that happened and, uh, you know, when I heard the news and, uh, I did something on my YouTube channel about him. All We're right. very sad to hear it, though. But yep. All right, he, well, left, he left his mark. Thanks, yeah. thanks for I, sharing, I never Todd. Got a to, <laughs> I never got a chance to sell him a video game, though. An <laughs> Hi, right, bud. When I was on your okay. show, right. hey, no, I don't, Todd. Actually, we got to wrap up. I'm sorry, but thank you for sharing, dude. We appreciate it. But he seems like that type of guy who would you would you know. Yeah, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in 20 years. Yeah, sure, right. stop by, you know. When we had him on the last time for the interview, uh, he were talking about a movie that I love called uh, Dirty Work, which is the one he directed with uh, Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang and a whole bunch of people. But, um, you know, he again, lest we forget, he was a really solid director, a funny director, skilled with that stuff as well. So, yep. Big loss. All the tributes pouring in from his uh, peers as well. It's just sad news. All right, we do have to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. A few other things to get to, so make sure that you do stay with us. Thanks. 
WMMR VIP. Sign up for free at WMMR.com for access to VIP contests, special deals, and to be the first to know about important stuff. It's like having an MMR backstage pass without having to do something nasty to get it. I <laughs> uh, noticed a couple of things uh, over the weekend that I thought might be worth uh, bringing up to you on this fine, cold Monday morning. I did, before I do my official noticing, it's freaking windy out, man. The notice is already pre-noticed that it's windy <laughs> and cold, and the notice is right. And tomorrow's going to be even colder, m- more cold. The notice oh. notices that tomorrow's temperature is even lower than today. That's right. You... What, a high of 29? Yeah, 24. 24. The notice corrected me <laughs> from my misnoticing. Uh, and, and I noticed it'll be nice to snuggle up in bed, and uh, that's what made me think of this story. So, do you guys, and does anybody here, and I doubt you do, sleep with your arms above your head? Uh, well, I mean, Show me what I, you mean by I that. I do, because I, I sleep on my stomach, and my, my hands are like this. Okay, so, so, so Casey laying, uh, essentially, like if they tell you, if you're, the, the police tell you to get on the ground, right, right. Yeah. face down, that's how Casey sleeps, I guess. So that would be arms above the head, yes. I, uh, yeah, I assume most um, stomach sleepers would probably be more inclined to do that, because if you're sleeping in bed... Like, you're yeah. about to be shot with your hands up yeah. on your back. That seems kind of weird, right? But so I guess some people some do. Some people do. So, but if you sleep with your heads, hands above your head, your arms above your head, uh, you're in the minority. A 2017 study found that what they call starfish sleepers. Starfish sleepers. Are those who... Starfish! Actually, Casey, these, this is those who lie on their back with their arms near their head or pillow make up only 7% of the population. So if your arms are near your head or pillow, wait a second. Mine are. That's not elevated above your head. Yeah, right. That's not when you. This is your hands up is like you're you're doing a chin up or a pull up. Right. That's what I would think. Or maybe over your head, cro- your hands crossed, as you say, Casey, on your stomach. Yeah. Because I'm... you you wouldn't. You wouldn't sleep with your arms to the side like you were dead and had fallen on your face. Right. But I guess if if it's on your pillow, yeah, I guess if you sleep on your back and you would have your arms somewhere up here under your pillow or something right. like that, that's arms above your head, I guess. What? That's exactly how my ex-wife slept. She was oh. a starfish. Oh, so really? If if, uh, okay. if we weren't, like, if she had the bed to herself, that's she would on her back with her hands above her head. Okay. And that's how she preferred it. All right, so well, she's a starfish sleeper. Yeah, she's one of the 7%. Starfish. <laughs> starfish sleeper. A Bowie song, I think. Right? Yeah. And his name was Starfish Sleeper. <laughs> I think that might have been a Bowie song. I thought so. Uh, you know. You raise your hands above your head when you're laying down into your bed. You're a starfish sleeper. He's a starfish sleeper in the night. Hands above his head like an untethered kite. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> uh, Marissa, do you sleep like that? No, but I'm wondering if it's like a petite person thing because I have like literally the entire bed to do whatever I want from head to toe. Right. So because I like I sometimes like my toes at the foot of the bed. Okay. Which means that somehow I have to get myself towards the headboard for my pillows. Okay. Do you sleep? Uh, uh, like diagonally, diagonally or across? Yeah. No. Okay. But I definitely make my way towards the bottom, leaving a lot of headroom. Right. Well, the starfish sleepers make up only <laughs> 7% of the population. Have you seen this pillow? And it, it, it at least, it, this apparently is designed for stomach sleepers, but it is, it's a little bit elevated where you can put your arm through yes. the pillow. You've seen this? Yes. 
Is that do you are you a stomach sleeper or are you a stomach? No, I'm I'm a side sleeper. Side sleeper. I, 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 I sleep exclusively on my side. I can't sleep on my back because I have mild sleep apnea. I'll snort, you know, and then I'll lose, I'll, I'll, I'll stop breathing for a moment and then yeah. it'll wake me up. So I've trained myself because I try that CPAP thing and just forget it, dude. Yeah. Uh, so I, I sleep exclusively on my side. And sleeping on my stomach is just not that comfortable to me. I'll lay there for just a little bit and then I'll move to my side. Um, but I do have very specific sleeping habits and things like that. Like for Christmas, I got pillows, Ooh. which yeah. I really, really wanted. But I needed super duper thin pillows. I need two thin pillows. Sure. It's very important for me you. to have. You know what I mean? I know exactly. For okay. your legs? No, no, for my head. So okay. I, I, I have one that that lays on the bed, and then I put the other one on top of that, and I slip my hand in between the two. <laughs> yeah, because I have to have my hand up here, like yeah. uh, my, like Jack my, Benny. By my face. Now, now, now Steve. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but but I can't, I don't like the flesh-to-flesh contact of my hand. No, I got so I need a little cushion, and that's what that little thin yeah, pillow is. And Rochelle bought me, like, five of the wrong kind of pillow. She was trying. I'm like, no, I don't want a fluffy pillow. I don't want a soft pillow. Woman? I need a thin pillow, bitch. <laughs> My sister got my mom a pillow um, from Marriott. Like, we were joking about it because we, you know, we're like, did you steal this from Marriott? And she's like, no, I went to the website. And I, because my mom. You can buy hotel pillows? Yes. Oh, yeah. And mattresses, too. Pre-used? Pre-used, not cleaned? No, no, not the ones that they've used, but they tell you on the website which mattresses and pillows they use. Get out of here. Because they hope that you actually will Get go buy that. Get out of here. <laughs> Leave. I'm serious. No, I'm Screw kidding. you guys. Uh, no, I That's had cool. no idea. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. oh. every hotel might have different ones. It's actually like a sponsorship package. Yeah. Marriott well, does I mean, have good pillows. Uh, again, wow. I, that, you know this is the truth. We, with the sleep number bed, I'm, I ha- always have the best bed at home. How The, 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 the pillows are still... I actually have good pillows now, but finding that right pillow can mm-hmm. be a journey. So, Dr. Shane Criado is a sleep medicine doctor. I and, know you, you're Dr. Shane Criado. And psychiatrist, <laughs> and says most people sleep on their non-dominant side, he adds. Yeah. Our, oh, listen yeah. to this. Our subconscious mind may feel safer sleeping on the side as your dominant hand yeah. can raise up to protect you in to case fight. of an attack. <laughs> That's right. This is a deer in the house. I would sleep more on, uh, so I'm right-handed, but I would sleep more on my right side when I, if I'm going to sleep on my side. Uh, that's so that I can oh. force myself with my dominant hand, spring up off the bed into a standing position. I don't, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I toss around the bed all night long. I'm, I'm left side, right side. All, I, I flip all over the place while I'm sleeping. So that this is out the window as far as I'm concerned. I did the thing uh, two or three weeks ago where I, I slept on my left arm and I woke up and it was dead. You, dead. you, could, you could have chopped my arm off. I wouldn't have felt the damn it, thing. It is the freakiest so thing weird. in the world when you when you got just a dead arm hanging off. <laughs> I remember as a kid, like the first time that happened to me, scared oh, me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like I thought, it, that's it. Uh-huh. You did it. You did it. You killed your hand. You killed your arm, didn't yeah. you? All right, mm-hmm. So what is that sensation? Because it's not, your hand's not asleep. It's kind of like pins and needles, but your hand basically feels like it's three times the size that it actually is. I haven't had that happen. No? No. That's just, called Popeye syndrome. <laughs> yeah. I've had it go completely dead, and you can sit there and pick it up and move it around yeah. right. and go, wow, you this gotta, is nothing. But I've never had it where it feels Yeah, it's bigger. a weird sensation. It's kind of like, uh, it, it's in the... Ballpark of your hand being asleep, 
but it's not asleep. I've had if the any, pins and needles. If anybody knows and can concur yeah. with Casey on that, please uh, call in to 15263-WMMR. Uh, Chris Branther is a certified sleep science coach and says that while sleeping in a certain position each night uh, could just be a habit, another explanation for sleeping in starfish fish position fish. could be that you raise your arms above your head to create extra space for cuddles. What? Mm. Oh, cuddles. He also adds... <laughs> you know, I think it's bad. I think it's that people just want cuddle. <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. Uh, why don't you go pick up the lunch today? He also adds that you might be sleeping this way due to having issues breathing while you're sleeping as this position naturally opens up the lungs. When you have the... So here's an interesting thing. When they first were, you know, they didn't realize they were putting people on the ventilators immediately, you know, at the beginning of the COVID stuff, uh, what they really realized is that it was better for people to lay on their stomachs uh, you know, for 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 breathing. Okay. When you had your apnea I- issue, Preston, and that's only in that case. For the most time, for the most often, it, they recommend you sleep on your back. When you would have your apnea, w- would you panic when you would wake up? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wake up and uh, like. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, having a gasp. All right. Having, having, uh, my, for some reason, anytime I fall asleep on my back, uh, two things happen. Sometimes I hold my breath. But more more so, uh, I, I choke on my own spit. Really? Yeah. Huh. Ah, okay. Um, so he also adds that you might be uh, sleeping this way due to having issues breathing while you're sleeping as this position naturally opens up the lungs. Like I said, also Brantner says uh, he isn't sure how much stock he puts into deciphering someone's personality based on their sleep position alone. But that many people believe starfish sleepers. Starfish! Which one do I play? Do I play Starman or do I play Yeah, play Starman. Okay. Uh, aren't comfortable being the center of attention and may also be better listeners than other people. It's a crock of what? crap. Okay, whatever. Starfish sleeper in the night. Let me go to Zoe. Hey, Zoe, good morning. Good morning. Sorry to borrow the at work. <laughs> it's all good, Zoe. What do you want to share with us? So I don't know if I can say the the word, um, but my um, my husband teases me because apparently I sleep with my hands up, but the covers are like down below my boobs when I do this. Okay. So he's like, he's like, you're totally ready for like the burglar. Your boobs are out, <laughs> and your hands are up. Hands up, boobs out. <laughs> oh that awesome. is pretty wild, I Zoe. I have yeah. no idea why I do that. So wow. you literally sleep. So when you are your hands touching the, the 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 backboard of the bed? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're like still on the pillow. I don't think they go all the way. To the okay, all right. They kind of touch each other, you know. Okay, so I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's uh, it's like, like you're doing Trump in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tokyo. That's yeah. what it is. I was thinking more you like know, it's playing another, a hammock. Like you said, it's another way of being ready for the police, right? That's right. Yeah. Yes, or the deer. <laughs> All right, Zoe. Thank you. Or like Marissa saying, like you're laying on a hammock with your with your hands behind your head. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. It's kind of uh, chilling out, total relax mode. All right, hang on, Megan. Uh, is anybody texting in about Casey's yes. giant hands? Uh huh. It's called neuropraxia. Okay, and um, it's a medical. Term. It's the Clayon home planet. And it is, it's, that's where they got the name. Uh, but yeah, they, so there is a medical term for what Casey was describing. All right, so huh. it's a disorder of the peripheral nervous system in which there is a temporary loss of motor and sensory function due to blockage of nerve conduction. It's got to be it. Uh, usually lasting an average to six to eight weeks before fully, full recovery. Wow. But, but there are temporary uh, symptoms or temporary um, 
occurrences of this. Okay. What's the nerve conjunction function? I don't know. Conjunction. <laughs> uh, but I, you know what? I guess the, the pins and needles thing, I had always thought that that was blood circulation. So maybe it's nerve. Uh, I've never understood actually. What, what you know, like if of course if you sit on the, the 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 John for too long and you're there and your legs fall asleep when you stand up you start to get those pins and needles. So maybe yeah. it's everything coming back online all at once. I don't, I don't know. know if it's pressure from uh, from the nerve or the or the uh, cutting off your blood. Uh, I have Megan uh, who says hey. she has felt this sensation before. Hi, Megan. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Wonderful. So you've had you, you've had it feel where like a part of your body is larger. Yes, yeah, so it has nothing to do with sleeping, but when I was in labor, um, I had my epidural, which obviously is a nerve block, and you guys are talking about it being blockage of nerves. Um, what I, my one leg was completely numb, couldn't feel it at all, but the other leg, I couldn't feel pain, but it felt like, I, the only way I could describe it is, is it felt like it was a balloon just sitting there, and I would touch it, and it was it felt like it was like three times bigger yeah. than what it was supposed to feel. So, Megan, when I've had my arm, to, to Nick's thing about falling asleep, or you're, and it feels like a dead arm, it does feel like it's bigger, so maybe that's yeah. the same thing you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we. I guess your 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 ability to perceive the size of your own appendages yeah, is impaired by Thanks, it. Megan. Because I'll you know when it when it happens, I have you do to jazz like, hands. On, well, <laughs> essentially, I have to to get the feeling back in yeah. my hands. Well, wait, I thought you said it doesn't. Uh, you don't lose the the tent touch sensation. Uh, yeah. I, what I was saying, I'm like the only thing I can sort of like. Uh, um, Equate it. Uh, equate the the f- sensation to is like pins and needles. So, okay. in order to get the uh, full feeling back in my hands, I have to like move my hands around, jazz hands, right, yeah. or uh, and then like touch my uh, fingers to one another. And when I do that, everything feels bigger. Right, so, question: It feels it feels bigger, but does it feel numb too, or no? I mean, bigger? I have sensation; I can feel it. Okay, but I just it just mm. feels bigger. That's the only way I can describe yeah, I it. I could do that with my okay. junk. That's weird. Uh, so, yeah, a couple of people checking in, I guess, uh, who have a similar uh, situation. Let me see here. No, these are all people who sleep with their heads above their hands. Uh, let me go I to so. Paul real quick. Hi. <laughs> Not their hands what? above their heads. <laughs> heads above their hands. You're right. This is the other way around. Hands above your heads. Hi, Paul. Good morning. Hey, good morning. What's up, buddy? First of all, let me say, Casey, I want you, boy. Oh, wow! I want you, boy. I want you. I want you wow. back here. It's a little different. <laughs> different message. But. I think that was just Paul just being straight up. Yeah, no, no, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> deliverance. First time, very long time. So, oh, we'll thanks, man. Be honest with you, oh, no problem. Thanks for taking it all. Yeah, so I've had rotator cuff issues over the years. Um, and as a matter of fact, I just had reconstruction this past uh, January. But when I lay flat on my back, which is how I typically sleep, with the rotator cuff. It felt. It feels like sometimes like there's an anvil hanging hmm. down through the bed, pulling on your shoulder. Jesus. Wow. Mm. The only way that I could get relief is to actually put my arms over my head. Okay. And that would provide relief. Or I disconnect maybe, the anvil. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or an elephant. Sometimes it would feel like it's hanging off my damn shoulder. So. So wow. you're saying in the position you sleep, can, can you you can alleviate that pain, that rotator cuff issue? Yeah, exactly. By by putting the arms over the head, it kind of alleviates that that excess pressure. Huh. Okay. Do you ever do like an inversion um, table? Table. Tried that. Tried that in the past. Yeah, I've I've had. I listen to you guys, uh, you know, every day, basically, and some of the injuries that you guys rattle off, I've been through many of them. So. Wow. All right. Well, uh, I hope it's getting better for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. 
I want Thanks, you, guys. Right. Thanks, Paul. See Bye-bye. you, bud. Uh, real quick, our buddy Tucker uh, is a massage therapist, I believe, uh, is on the line. Hey, what's up, Tucker? Uh, not much. But um, when you get the pins and needles in your arms, that's uh, you're blocking the nerve, and your brain's not getting in, any sensation up the nerves. Okay. It starts to make things up, like phantom pain when you lose a limb. Yeah. The People phantom. Feel their hand. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and also with the with the blood circulation, when your hand swells up, you may be blocking the blood from going out of your hand, but it's still going in because the heart's pushing it in. That's and interesting. Also control the blood circulation in your hand. So you're saying the perception of it being a little bit inflated, it could actually be that you have you're carrying a little bit more blood in that appendage for, because yes, you're your part, heart's okay. pumping. Oh. Yeah, your heart's pumping the blood into your hand, but it's not going out because you may be blocking the veins going okay. out. So if you don't wake up in, in time, you'll explode. <laughs> no, no, eventually the pressure will build up. Okay. Push it out. All, right. All right. Interesting. Thanks, Tucker. I can see that. You're very welcome. I yeah. can absolutely see that. All right. Um, so, interesting. You might be a starfish sleeper. All right. I did notice some other things. Um, let's go with uh, this story New Year's resolutions. Yes. Obviously. Did you make any? Uh, yes, and and I start it today actually, which is essentially just eating better and, and yeah. uh, losing a few pounds. And it's not a you know a life changing standard. Yeah, it's one that I've done before yeah. and and will be able to do. But I, I was waiting till my my best friend and his wife came in from out of town, and we were going to party it up this week. And so I'm like, all right, we'll wait till after that. And right. start this. Makes so that's sense. Kind of what I'm on right now. But if you made a resolution so far, um, the um, the American Psychological Association says that if you want to see your resolution through, it's best to make a goal that you think you can keep realistically. So okay. they're saying that the outrageously unrealistic ones don't even really try. That's kind of an obvious, though, right? You don't want to, you know. Uh, but, I mean, uh, I see people uh, usually in, in January when they're starting a diet, and you'll see them when the cafeteria was open downstairs, and You'd see them there eating a salad without any dressing on it. You know mm-hmm. that's not going to last forever. Right. Uh, you know, pick something that's in the ballpark. So the psychologist, Jesse Levin, said that, uh, that you should offer yourself grace and self-forgiveness Yes, uh, for resolutions that you're setting. So for those setting more standard resolutions, uh, the APA says you should change one behavior at a time. All right. Consider sharing experiences with your family, friends, or possibly even a support group to reach certain goals. And remember that perfection isn't attainable and minor missteps are normal. Join a support group for starfish sleepers. <laughs> right. But that's that's key, especially when it when it comes to, you know, overall health yeah. uh, and fitness is to not try to, all right, 180 it, and I'm going to change the way I eat and exercise and get up and go to bed. And it's too much. If you do that too much. one shot, you are not, you got you to do baby steps. Yep. You gotta, and, and even with those, you start really, really small. If it's exercise and you've never, if you're fairly sedentary, 15 minutes. Just start with 15 right. minutes, and that is it, and do that for a week. And then maybe do twenty minutes the right. next week. You know, you've you really got to ease into it and try not to to really overdo it. Obviously, it's pretty common to overeat uh, over the holidays and and uh, a lot of sweets and cookies and whatever. So one thing that I try to do every January is just not to buy any additional candy or cookies or whatever. Um, just and, make sure you stock up in December. Well, <laughs> but that's the problem. <laughs> is that I've gotten so used to it. No, Steve, you're like that's yeah. that is exactly right. We stocked up so much, and last night I'm like, well, I kind of want something sweet, and I had 14 million choices to choose yeah. from. So, like, I kind of want to whittle down. The, that's uh, get, something. Get, get, yeah, get those out, and but not buy anything. 
until they're, you know, and, and then just let those all disappear. I do that. If it's not in the house, you won't eat it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, absolutely. Yeah. You just have the, the DoorDash maker. Yeah, that's <laughs> all you got to do. Yeah. They'll bring it right to you. Uh, and I have a, a story that kind of connects with this. Uh, this is a study that was done by Wallet Hub uh, to find the most active cities in the country. And remember when we used to be the fattest city? No, yeah. we're, one of the, we're not the most active city, but we're in the top ten. Oh, I think that's pretty oh, damn cool. So we're doing it. Uh, the site looked at <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing it. Looked at the 100 most populated U.S. cities using nearly three dozen metrics in two main categories, which are sports and outdoors, and that mainly looks at the per capita rate of various recreational options and budget and participation, which looks at such factors as how much it costs to join a fitness center and the share of adults who are physically inactive. Uh, So the top ten are as follows. It's uh, San Francisco. These are the most... Number one, most uh, active. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Number two is Chicago. Number three is New York. Number four is San Diego. Uh, number five is Honolulu. They were number one in the sports and outdoors. You would imagine. Yes. For Christ's sake, look what you're dealing with. All the time. Uh, six is Los Angeles. Seven is Portland, Oregon. At Portland, Oregon. And number eight is Philadelphia. Uh, yes. How does... Um how does Chicago beat out, like, warmer climates for exercise? And- uh, it, it has to do, well, yeah, it says sports and outdoors, yeah. uh, as well as budget and participation. So yeah. I'm really Winter sure. there is so brutal, you yeah. just you wouldn't want to go outside at all. No. Yep, but uh, but there is there are plenty of options in our area to, to get out and yes. be physically active. Tons of parks, tons of yep. hiking trails, tons of everything. Yep, lots of uh, free stuff for you to, uh, to take advantage of. The worst... Cities in the country. Number one is Jersey City, New Jersey. Yeah, I can uh, see that. Then Bakersfield, California. Really, Bakersfield? It's a uh, dump. Th- then really, it's the other way around. You got to start at one hundred. That would be. The worst oh, I'm sorry. Right you're now. right. That was ninety one. Oh, okay. The worst is North Las Vegas. Hmm. North Which Las weird Vegas. Because, like, I mean, listen, Las Vegas is what it is, but the areas surrounding Vegas. Are great, yeah. yeah. Tons of opportunity. Red Rocks Park is out that way. A lot of hiking and uh, stuff yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I do not know. Lake Havasu, right? Mm-hmm. Not too uh, far. Uh, Lake Mead. Then you have Winston Salem, Wichita, Kansas, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and Irving, Texas, and San Bernardino, California. Hmm. All right, but we're we're on the good side of things. All right, finally. I love hey. hearing that. I love hearing that. All right, here's a um, here's another story that I noticed, and this is uh, fairly local. Uh, the Pennsylvania treasure hunters. Yes. On a never-ending quest to find legendary lost shipment of Civil War gold are suing the feds for documents. So you know that this has always been a rumored thing, that there is a, a treasure trove of Civil War gold mm-hmm. in the area. Yep. Uh, a lawsuit filed by Dennis Parada, a longtime treasure hunter for Clearfield County, alleges that the FBI has failed to provide him with any records of the case of the Elk County Gold, despite uh, an FOIA request for more than three that was filed more than three years ago. All right, yeah, we, we talked about this, yeah. right? The Elk County, yep. yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a, a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act. They're required to provide that information. So the FBI in Philadelphia spent days digging for gold at Dents Run, which is in rural Elk County. Right. I, I went camping there. In March of 2018. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, based on decades of research by uh, Prada and, and its own investigation, uh, the FBI has been adamant 
uh, that nothing was found in the excavation, but Prada and his fellow treasure hunters say they don't believe the agency. Mm. So when you were out there, did you see anybody uh, I had no scoping idea. for? No, no. And last time we brought this up, the story up, um, I put two and two together. It was a gorgeous camping area. I would definitely like to get back there to go camping again, but I had no idea that there were treasure hunters in the area. Yeah, so the legend of the Elk County Gold dates back to the summer of 1863 when a special unit detachment, union detachment, I was tasked with transporting 26 gold bars that each weighed 50 pounds uh, from West Virginia to the U.S. Mint in Philadelphia. That detachment, as the story goes, was ambushed, the gold lost, and supposedly buried. Uh, In June, uh, unsealed documents showed that the FBI believed that there was gold at the site, and the agency was also concerned that Pennsylvania's Department of Conservation and Natural Resources could revoke its access to the site on state land and claim that the gold was abandoned property and keep it. Wiseman says the gold is seeking, uh, I'm sorry, the lawsuit is seeking the immediate processing and disclosure of the documents at no cost to the plaintiff. Uh, Attorney William uh, Cluck, who represents the Paradas for several years, said that there are more than 2,700 documents associated with the case. Cluck said the treasure hunters are particularly interested in documents pertaining to analysis made by a geophysical consulting firm at the site that produced promising findings. Ah. That company, Cluck said, (laughs) uh, has repeatedly denied to comment about their involvement. This is the place, by the way, uh, where there are uh, elk herds. So if you go up to this part of the the state, you can go see wild elk. There's not many places in the eastern part of We have elk in Pennsylvania? Ironically enough, in Elk County. But, yeah, I went camping up there in May, I think, of uh, 2020, and you can go and see these herds, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, there's not a lot of... That'd be pretty cool. It was. It was really neat. Maybe they know where the gold is. Maybe. Maybe they're hidden under the elk. Those things are massive. They really are. Yeah. But you can go up for bugling season and whatnot. So this guy's been at it for a long time looking for this gold, and he thinks that they found it and are not saying anything. So, uh, you know. (laughs) If they found it, wouldn't they just go get it then? Well, you mean uh, the FBI? That, that they, that they well, they were they were it. excavating. They, yeah. were, they were doing some excavations, mm-hmm. uh, looking for it, right? And they said they didn't find anything. And this guy's going, I don't believe. I don't that. quite believe uh, that. Yeah. So the the the, the, um, the FBI said that they were installing elk hot tubs. <laughs> And um, they did not believe that. Those things are huge. You'd be able to see them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you're talking about those animals are like 1,200 pounds. Yeah. And they have to get submerged. I mean, come on. You have to sink it into the ground. Right. Yeah. Right. And then they get all cash. (laughs) Hey, this is a really weird story. I saw this uh, last week and didn't get a chance to report it. The Centers for Disease Control yesterday or at last week said that five people died of rabies in the U.S. last year. That's the highest number in a decade. So rabies is, you know, people dying from it is very, very rare. Yes, because... But within you, a year, five people die. Uh, from uh, one animal or from... No, uh, no, these are these are cases from... Uh, we got to get that thing. ...around the country. Uh, the CDC released it's a like report... like the Jason Bourne of raccoons. ...on three of them, all the results of contact with bats... And said their deaths could have been prevented. Uh, and I remember this. I, I, I reported on this on the Bizarre File. Uh, one was an 80-year-old Illinois man who refused to take the shots after exposure. Would have saved his life, but he had a fear of vaccines. Uh, I think that was pretty damn well proven. Is that is it that point? Is Okay, so what, what kind of shot do you get when you get a rabies shot? Is that a vaccine? 
I believe that's what it says okay. here. So I don't know, Nick. If you could look and up Brady's they, treatment, they still don't do the. I mean, the full like nine shots in the in your stomach, stomach. Do they? Oh, I don't no. know. No, that stopped uh, because yeah. we we talked about rabies a few times. And <clears throat> excuse me, doctors called in and said they don't do that uh, stomach shot anymore. Uh, an Idaho man and Texas boy didn't get the shots because they didn't believe that a bat bite or scratch had broken their skin. Uh, one of the two other deaths was a Minnesota man bitten by a bat who got the shots, but they weren't effective because of an undiagnosed immune system problem that he had. And the other that was someone bitten by a dog in the Philippines who died after returning to the U.S., uh, and rabies is usually fatal, but it can be prevented through a series of five shots given within two weeks of exposure. So you do have some time. Death by rabies oh, is man. particularly horrible. Yes. The first vaccine for rabies was introduced in 1885 and then uh, perfected and improved in 1908. And so, yeah, there, there have been rabies vaccinations around for a long time. But, but can you get it post after uh, exposure, yeah, because uh, a vaccine is usually pre, right, preventative. No, yeah. it's you after. Know? Okay, you, you can, you can once if uh, that's my understanding. If you're bitten by a dog, you get the shots. Like a dog, you think is rabid. Yeah, I was just not curious. unless you pre-interview the dog. Yeah, you can get both. You can get before you can get exposure both. and okay. and after. Before yes. you bite me, I have a few questions. Right, okay. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it's it's pretty terrifying, Steve. I, I saw a video one time of a. Uh, oh yeah, because I was curious about you know if is there video of people suffering from you know uh, the after effects because we watched w- it. once you get it you can't you it's it's you can't it can't be undone your brain is turning to mush basically. exactly and there was a it was a kid who had rabies yeah. and they had and there's a weird thing that happens it is an innate fear of water yeah of liquid oh. and so they showed this kid they were they were holding water near him yeah. and, he, and it, it was terrifying him it was scaring him i don't know why um, uh, maybe it's fear of, of, of drowning or something like that or, or, or choking or I'm not really sure. Uh, hang on a second. Uh, Joe got bitten, uh, and might, and had to get rabies shots. Hey, Joe, you're on the air. Good morning. Yo, good morning. It. What's up? Good morning, it, buddy. So how old were you when you, uh, when you got bitten and what were you bitten by? Oh, well, I was working up in the Northeast and there was these wild cats out back, uh, the business and I was stuffing trash into a dumpster and out comes a kitten on my finger. Okay. So I shook him off and I pushed the crash trash compactor button, and the doctor told me I shouldn't have did that because I should have saved the cat. Then I had to get rabies shots. Okay. okay. And so, yeah. so you did because you didn't know if it was rabbit or not. No. Yeah, that's what they did. They have to, you have to do that, or you got to wait till you die. You, so, right. Yeah. And then at that point, you get a refund. No. The, the, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it's uh, the, you've. I think that's a standard protocol. If there's an animal and you haven't identified the animal. It's, I think it's always wise to get those shots. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what they said. They yeah. said, you know, if you can't find the, I had to go look for the animal for a couple. They, they gave me a couple of days. Okay, but and I had to go. I had to go get it. And I, I tell you, to this day, I still feel the shots they gave me in my butt. So, oh, it was in I the mean, butt. It was, it was still no fun. Yeah, they it, like they give you two. Like they look like. Uh, Harpoons. Okay. Wow. Quite oh, big. Harpoons. Yeah. That's a little extreme. You've got an appointment with Dr. Ahab. <laughs> yeah, that's R. <laughs> wow. All right. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. I don't know how much of that story right. was true. What's that? I don't know how much of that story was true, but... Oh, you don't know the story of a attacked by a kitten. Yeah, you're talking about a man that yeah. used a trash compactor on a cat. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Snowball. That's pretty harsh. <laughs> Ripped a man in half. <laughs> Well, I remember when I was living in Kanchi, 
uh, about 20 years ago. Oh, you, this story, this is true, though. Yeah, yeah. This is a true story. And so this little kitten, he was just running in the little yeah. woods next to my house. I was like, oh, man, let me go save this little kitten. And uh, I finally, I got him, I cornered him, I picked him up, and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he had the scariest, like, I mean, he could have been a tiger. He was that scary look. He was like, and but he was this tiny little kitten. But he was feral. And they're scared too. And he was scared. You gotta, you gotta realize that. And he had. Uh, I'm fairly certain he's scratched. Had a gun. Pretty good. <laughs> no, but I, I got him like in like a little carrier, and they took him to animal control. And... Did you go to the doctor when you was scratched? Or did no, you? Okay. no. But did like you my, die of rabies. I did not. Okay. But my friend who uh, took the animal to the uh, animal control or whatever. Yeah. Tells me like years later, she's like, I didn't have the heart to tell you, but they the killed cat, it. They killed it. They had it had rabies. I was like, <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah, you you would have you would have gotten rabies. I would have gotten rabies, right? Because yeah. a scratch can do that too, right? Or is it not? Anyway, I I always thought it was saliva. Maybe it's saliva. Maybe it's saliva. Yeah, I'm hoping it's saliva. Because well, listen, I would have been dead by now, right? No, I was thinking maybe they were. Maybe they were bogus in telling You might have slow headline. rabies, which is <laughs> slavies. Slavies, yeah. <laughs> Deadly. Slavies. It's deadlier because... <laughs> and they say that once you have it, you'll be dead by the time you're 96. Okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Clock is ticking. Um, hang on a second. I'll go to Beth. Hi, Beth. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Good. What's up, Beth? Uh, my son had uh, gotten bit by a... Rabid squirrel who he thought was sick out front of our yard. Okay. Um, about 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah, he was petting it, trying to take care of it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, what uh, did you, were you guys able to get the, the animal so they could test it and see if it had rabies, or how did they find uh, out it, it was rabid? Um, well, the doctor basically, he said that, um, yeah, it squirrels don't lay around when they're sick. Okay. And ask for help. So they, they were 99% sure. Ask, ask for help. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. You, yeah. you you just err on the side of caution. It's not like you brought the squirrel into a room and, and, and you know, was sweating it for information. You didn't put it in a trash compactor? I, I, I don't. I'm not that kind of squirrel. I just was there. He did uh, put it in a trash compactor. My husband's a trash man. Oh, Are you serious? Oh, yes, he got rid of it. <laughs> it seems to be the preferred what? method of what? killing what? small animals is crushing it to death. What they did yeah. is they put my feet in cement and dropped me in the river. Oh, my God. Thank it's you, like, Beth. The mob has nothing on these people. Mm-hmm. We should we should do a conversation of people who have killed animals in trash compactors. Oh, my God. This is like the Terminator. You think you need to put him in a press like that? You This squirrel will not stop. It doesn't know remorse. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, anyhow, apparently... I like to go up in the trees with the, the pine cones and the nuts and the running around the, the telephone wires. Apparently, that is the most people who have died from rabies in over a decade. Five last I wouldn't, year. That's pretty amazing, though. Five people in a nation of, what, 330 million? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. But I think we got rabies pretty, you know... Uh, pretty much covered if you if you're but unless you're you know you don't want to go get unless the you want to get it yeah, yeah. Right. anyhow um, that's all I noticed that's all we're noticing the noticing is done uh, but I'll notice something again for another time hey. to notice once again another time mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we should take a break and come back in a minute because we're going to test your knowledge on today's program we'll see how closely you've been paying attention with the lesson question trash and music news coming up too so stay put we'll be back in a moment. <laughs> Glad you asked. Slash. 
Seether. Turnstile. New music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Round two of the B-File. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. All right, we're going to dive into this one. Saw this yesterday. At least seven people were killed after a massive rock fell on top of several tourist boats in the Brazilian state of Minas Gerais. This on is Saturday. terrifying footage. And in fact, terrifying. The, uh, the 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 death toll apparently is increasing. Yeah, because uh, they're still looking for other people. There were three people that were missing at the time of this story that I saw. Uh, but they had to bail because uh, they they ran out of light. They didn't have any natural light. Twenty three of the thirty two people who were treated with minor injuries were discharged, while two others were treated with exposed fractures. Uh, rescue efforts continue. There are situations such as victims being trapped under rocks that they have to uh, try and figure so out. So, if you manage to see the, the footage, the odds of people being directly in the path would seem to be pretty limited. I mean, but but there they were. Yep. And the thing came down, and they there is no way they could have gotten out of the way. Yep. And apparently, these uh, these cliffs have been. Uh, they were forecasting it. You know. Uh, that they've been crumbling as is, and yeah. they might have been a little too close to it. But, I mean, it's a huge chunk of this cliff that just breaks away and falls down on them. It's horrible. Uh, the state of Menes Gerais is a landlocked area in southeastern Brazil. Uh, had experienced heavy rainfall recently, mm. which has contributed to that. So that's messed up, man. <clears throat> uh, a warrant has been issued for a Houston-area mom accused of putting her son in the trunk of her car after he tested positive for COVID-19. It's adorable. I used to love trunk trips. She was in line to get a COVID test. And uh, Sarah Beam, a teacher at Cypress Falls High School, has been charged with endangering a child. Beam took the 13-year-old boy to a drive through COVID testing site on Monday for additional testing. An employee who was gathering information from people in line said Beam told her the boy was in the trunk. Because she didn't want to be exposed to the virus. Kids in the trunk if you want to find yeah. him. Do you keep a spare infected child in your trunk? Uh, the employee asked the woman to open the trunk. She confirmed that the boy was there. She alerted the police and provided the woman's license plate number and other information used to identify her. Hi. Uh, the boy wasn't hurt, but uh, police said that he could have been if there had been an accident since he wasn't protected by a seatbelt or anything like yeah, that. So you got to consider that. That's uh, why you don't drive around with the kids in the trunk. So she is going to face a charge for that. A painter from New York who was embarrassed about a growth on his nose had his luck turn around when he started a job at the home of a world-renowned plastic surgeon. And the main reason I bring this up is I saw a picture of this guy. It's astonishing. It looks like a penis. It looks completely like a huge penis. On his face. Yes. It looks like he had a penis for a nose. And then the after is amazing. Yep. Uh, Conrado Estrada noticed that uh, what he thought were pimples on his nose six years ago, and they were growing quickly. Uh, Estrada said people would stare and point at him in public, and the growth also made it hard to breathe, especially while working. Nick's going to see if he can find a photo of this. I want to see your reaction to this. Uh, He said, "I, I felt bad. I felt bad because when I went out, people stared at me. And it was a burden for me. Yes. Um, Over the years, various doctors prescribed drugs or treatments that did little help. He finally caught a break 
when he started a job at the home of Dr. Thomas Romo III late last summer. Romo is the director of facial plastic surgery at a hospital in New York City. So it was the right guy. Um, and Romo spotted him across the uh, the yard Dude. and surprised him by inviting him inside and telling him the condition that he had was actually called rhinophyma, and he would fix it for free. Look at this. It's straight up Squidward, dude. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he had to also go see a urologist. Uh, he's. I said, "Wow, this poor guy with the way healthcare is everywhere, he'll never get this treated because one, there are so few people who know how to do it, and two, they'll claim it's cosmetic, or he's going to have to pay for it." Huh. And I said, "Screw that! We're going to take care of this guy." Good for him. Uh, rhinophyma is a form of rosacea in which oil glands and connective tissue on the nose grow uncontrollably. Uh, Estrada said, "At first, I thought it was a joke." When the process began, taking photos, filling out medical forms, medical exams, COVID vaccine, then I knew it was happening. Uh, the deformity was impacting his eating, breathing, speaking, and socialization. Yeah, it, it, in its prior stage, it dips below his mouth. Yeah. Uh, Romo performed the two-hour surgery a couple of months later to remove the malfunctioning glands and recontoured Estrada's nose. And it looks like a normal nose. Much better. Yep. Uh, He said to see him beaming and standing up strong and being proud was really something else. Estrada feels great post-surgery and said that he's thankful to Dr. Romo and his staff. Here's a story out of Alabama. It was a normal day for Cinnamon Clark and her husband when they decided to share a sandwich from the Firehouse Subs in Ozark. However, when she got her meal, she noticed something wasn't quite right. She said, I opened up the sub, noticed half or most of my meat wasn't on there. Um, once Clark saw that her sandwich was not made properly, she called the store and they told her to come by so he could, so they could remake her order. And that's when the owner refused to give her another sandwich. So after some arguing, Clark pulled out her camera to record her encounter with the owner and what she caught on video shocked her. And apparently the owner said to her, and I quote, when I talk to God tonight, I'm going to see if he can come to your house and take you. Over meat on a sandwich? I'm going to pray to God. Let me get this straight. (laughs) What would you like me to do? Uh, Clark and her husband, who have been loyal Uh customers. uh, Wanted more meat. Got it. To Firehouse Subs said they eat there about once a week. Why hast thou called me forward? A meat situation? (laughs) Uh, she said, though this experience is seeing that her business will, was not appreciated is what hurts most. So we come in here every day and spend money here, and uh, this is how we are getting treated, please. Uh, so uh, a local news station reached out to the owner, and uh, he has not responded after multiple attempts to contact him. But He's talking to God. He's busy praying to God yeah. to say that they will take her because she wanted more meat on her sandwich. Lift this meat issue from my shoulders. All right, one last story, and we'll wrap. I have many that I could get to, but this one I love. Lego yes, has officially designated a piece of Lego to be used <laughs> as an actual mammalian anus. Yeah. You saw this? I did. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> I kid you not. Lego set number 31129 is called the Majestic Tiger. Oh, uh, the tiger is very beautiful. It's a remarkable rendering of something biological with Legos, which is always a massive challenge. But at the very back, if you look at it, there is a little red butthole. Just like a tiger anus. Exactly. So, in the article that I read, the author wrote, um, The more you consider this plastic anus, 
the more fascinating it gets. Consider the plastic anus. He said there were very likely discussions about this anus. There were likely debates as to whether in to include it or not. Passionate arguments made on both sides. Zoom meeting discussions, drawings, plans, tests, lengthy email chains that possibly included pro and con arguments to decide whether an existing piece should be repurposed or if the anus was important enough to merit its own new, unique piece, one that could likely be repurposed as a balloon knot for some party sets or something like that. I don't think it looks that accurate. It would be more of like a flap. Uh, I don't know. This but looks more like a nozzle opening. Well, I believe it's a flower, right? Like, they, they use the same piece as a pink flower in other Lego sets. Do they? Yeah. So I, the tiger got stuck with a flower ass? I yeah. Know. I would actually have to see a tiger's butthole. Well, I happen to have a book over here. To make a, 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 a complete comparison. Big book of tiger buttholes. But the bottom line is, is that Lego has actually included it in yeah. a set, and you it's a part you put on there, it's a butthole. That's awesome. It's a Lego butthole. Is there anything they can do? Wait, that's a name for a band. Butthole. The, the Lego, Lego buttholes. <laughs> Although you couldn't do it because it's a trademarked name. True. But nonetheless. Spell it differently. Yeah, you could do that. All right, uh, let's take a break. Come yes. back in a second, and then we'll get to the lesson question, trash music news. That's coming up next. Stay with us. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best-sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD 2, the MM Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. How you doing, Monday morning and all? Uh, we can kind of sweeten it up a little bit and give you uh, something to look forward to at the end of the week. We have our Word of the Week prize, a new one. I'll tell you about that in a little while to give away. Uh, we have something else to give away now, and that is the lesson question. Pair of tickets to see Tracy Morgan. Yeah. Uh, in July, it's going to be the 16th at Ovation Hall at the Ocean Casino Resort. So you get some tickets to see him if you can answer this question. Who sang Starfish Sleeper? 215-263-WMMR. What musician do we say would have been a good fit for Starship Sleeper? 215-263-WMMR. Weren't familiar with that term until today. But if you heard us talking about it earlier, then you might know. Let's see if you know. 215-263-WMMR. We'll do the trash while you call. The trash business is a goldmine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Where do we go now? Let's find out. Stories from Steve Morrison. Yes, 26-year-old Ireland Baldwin revealing that she lives in fear of having a heart attack. Baldwin says it's the same crippling fear she gets when she gets a voicemail from her dad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Logan Paul learning that the first edition Pokemon card collection he spent $3.5 million on might be counterfeit. Paul, who's been hit very hard in the head recently while boxing, addressed the situation saying, Carrot. (laughs) (laughs) Adele dropping $58 million on an estate previously owned by Sylvester Stallone. Stallone had reportedly been asking like a billion. Let's see if we can get an answer to the lesson question. Uh, so who's saying Starfish Sleeper? That's what we want to know. And I'm going to JR for the answer. Yo, JR, good morning. They did it! 
Yes. <laughs> wow. Not bad, sir. All right. Who's saying Starfish Sleeper? David Bowie. Bowie. Yeah, yeah but hang on. JR just got himself a pair of tickets to see Tracy Morgan live on stage Saturday, July 16th at 8 p.m. at Ovation Hall in Ocean uh, at Ocean Casino Resort. Uh, tickets on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. via theoceanac.com. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Play yeah! it. So Rolling Stone reports that Metallica and Tool are among the bands using COVID-19 sniffing dogs oh. to detect the virus in members of their crew, entourage, or anyone else anyone else allowed backstage. Uh, the outlet reports that Metallica hired Biodetection K9 for its fall shows in Fort Lauderdale in Atlanta, as well as the band's 40th anniversary celebration in San Francisco last month. Uh, John Peets of Q Prime, the management company that represents Metallica, said, So far, knock on wood, the dogs have been knocking wow. it knocking it out of the park, and we haven't... Big dogs running, big dogs out. Had the dogs miss anybody. So they're using it not for crowd control. No, to check themselves. But for the people that are in and around and uh, close to each other working on the tour. Korn seemed to be teasing the release of a new song on social media, which NME.com says is possibly titled Now. It's the latest piece of music that the band is sharing from their upcoming album Requiem, which is set to be released next month. On Friday, the band posted a short video of a purple and blue heart-shaped face, each being squeezed by a hand of the same color. Uh, The first post reads, Pull Away the Veil. Pull it away! Which the subsequent posts are similar videos with the same faces, only in more colors. And the only caption on each post is Requiem. Uh, so that's why they think it might be titled that. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. It might be titled now. Uh, the album is called Requiem. Yeah. Uh, so the upcoming project will be Korn's first since bass player Reginald uh, Arvitsu stepped away last year to take a hiatus. Coming on March 11th is the second release on Kiss's official live bootleg series called Off the Soundboard uh-huh. uh, with Live in Virginia Beach. Uh, the show was taped on July 25th, 2004, Virginia's Virginia Beach Amphitheater and will be available as a triple LP standard black or limited edition green vinyl set, a two uh, CD set, digital downloads, and available to stream. I'd love to see a, a catalog accounting of everything they have ever offered for sale. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah. The 20 song concert was part of the band's Rock the Nation tour, which was the first to feature the current lineup of Kiss Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Tommy Thayer, and Eric Singer. This was, uh, and I hate to end on a terrible story, uh, but Sinead O'Connor yeah. is mourning the death of her 17-year-old son, Shane, who was found dead in Ireland on January 7th. God. O'Connor has also battled with mental illness over the past decade. He had notified local authorities that Shane, who had twice attempted suicide, had gone missing. And his body was found just outside of Dublin in the town of Bray. O'Connor posted on Twitter saying, My beautiful son, Shane O'Connor, the very light of my life, decided to end his earthly struggle today uh, and is now with God. May he rest in peace. 
and may no one follow his example. My baby, I love you so much. Please be at peace. That's just, just horrible. Yes, yeah. I actually have one other story to mention, and unfortunately it's a passing as well. Famed lyricist Marilyn Bergman, yeah. best known for co-writing Barbara Streisand's 1973 chart-topping classic, The Way We Were, passed away yesterday, She, or I'm sorry, on uh, Saturday, uh, she was 93 years old. She wrote a ton of stuff. From non-COVID-related respiratory failure. Scattered pictures. <laughs> from Big. Yes. Uh, along with husband and fellow lyricist Marty Bergman, uh, the pair also wrote lyrics for such modern standards as The Windmills of Your Mind, Nice and Easy, You Don't Bring Me Flowers, and How Do You Keep the Music Playing, among others. You never talk to me anymore when it comes to the door at the end of the day. <laughs> what is that from? You don't bring oh. me flowers. Um, you don't write me love songs. The three-time Oscar-winning couple's work uh, was also a mainstay on the small screen, with a couple writing the lyric to such lyrics to such iconic themes as Maud, Good Times, and Alice. Uh huh. As well. Uh, ba, so, ba, 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 ba. Uh, sad news there. So, that is. It's a sad music news. I'm sorry, folks. Sad. 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 We're going to take a break. We got one last break to take before we turn it over to Pierre Robert. Well, we have, we have our ending and then we have that break. Yeah. But we'll come back with a letter of the day. You're pre-teasing the second break. Get that break. This is like <laughs> what I've been doing all morning. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Make sure you stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Acme Markets is making your grocery shopping and saving easier than ever. Download the Acme app today to see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks. Use it to view the weekly ad, clip digital coupons, redeem rewards, and to shop any way you want. In-store, delivery, or drive up and go. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver it right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. On a Monday morning with the Preston and Steve Show. And uh, thank you for being along uh, today. We had a bittersweet day. I mean, we, you know, yes. we, we had an enjoyable time on the radio. But uh, talking about our old friend, uh, Bob Saget passing away uh, suddenly. And for, you know, uh, uh, what we can't tell in any particular reason. Nothing anybody could see coming. And, and uh, 65 years old, way too young. And just the nicest guy ever, man. Um, we posted some pictures of us uh, when he was on the show a few times uh, recently. But um, I am sad to have to talk about that today. But yeah. It is what it is to use a cliche. Um, so we're going to do some other things as we are wrapping up the program. Uh, we need to do the letter today. We have a brand new Word of the Week prize that I'm going to tell you about. Super duper geeky nerdy, but awesome at the same time. <laughs> it is pretty cool. Uh, Casey, you'll handle this? Yes. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show brought to you today by the letter. S, as in Sarlacc. All right. Uh. Sarlacc, well done. Nice. All right, so we have four more letters to go because on Friday we give away the Word of the Week prize. And it is as follows, a book of Boba Fett Super Prize, or did I say a book? Yeah, it's the oh, book of yes. Boba Fett. It's the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, uh, Super Prize Pack. I just read that incorrectly. Uh, it includes a 65-inch LED smart TV, one-year subscription to Disney Plus, a Boba Fett Starship diecast vehicle, 
Boba Fett talking action figure and a Boba Fett voice changing mask. From, <laughs> from, <laughs> Perfectly timed. That was good. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the Book of Boba Fett is the Lucasfilm and Disney Plus presents a new original series, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, follow the legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shand as they navigate the galaxy's underworld and return to the sands of Tatooine, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. So we will give that away on Friday. Um, other than that, I just have our sponsors. Yes, we'll do that. We can't do it without them, so thank you very much to Duncan, uh, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve show. Also, uh, Acme. You can download the Acme app and see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks today. Visit acmemarkets.com for details. And finally, uh, Jurassic Quest is coming to Philadelphia January 15th through the 23rd. You can get tickets at JurassicQuest.com. Uh, tomorrow on our program, we'll have more fun. Yes. More frivolity. Yes. More hijinks. Ooh. Three things. And Whitney Cummings will be on Very the show. Very nice. This is cool because she's great. So uh, that is it. We are done. Rage on. Have yourself a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. Pierre's up next. Preston and Steve on 93.3. Hey, everybody. It's good to have you on the bat ba 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 ba